live from the chill float. We're live, pal. From the chill float cool room studio. I'm shouting too much. Director Tony's already shouted at me. Good evening, everyone. We're live for our first live Footy and Frothies podcast. Here I am, Daggy, with uh, Barney Boy, Ollie the Oracle, and Johnny's back for his uh, fourth go. Uh, I'm used to talking with like 100 people at a pub, so it's weird being indoors. Uh, we've got quiet, the chat going. And uh, so jump on board and tell us what peanuts we are as we go through. But uh, how are we, your boys? Johnny, how have you been? Been good. Uh, footy's been good. Dramatic. So. What, fun. what have you made of the uh, rule changes and the crackdown? Well, not so much rule changes, crackdown the last few weeks? Oh, I think it's like what everyone's saying. It takes some time we're getting used to, but uh, ultimately long-term for the good of the game. But, yeah, a bit of teething problems at the moment. Weird timing to bring it in, but I think it's something they had to do eventually, so no yeah. surprises. Do you see, think it's something that's going to just wear off in a couple of weeks, like the old play the ball crackdowns and everything else, or it's here to stay? I think the one person that's kind of given a bit of a pathway has been Holbrook in his uh, – in his post-match press conference, he said he had a bit of experience when he was coaching in the Super League saying that they've kind of figured out a system that everyone knew how to make as black and white as possible of a grey area. So um, whether they implement stuff like that and have like a clear system of how they're going to send people off so there's no confusion, no idea. But, uh, I mean, there's no real right answers at the moment from how they've... They brought it in, so. Fair enough. Ollie, how's your week been? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, had the aforementioned race day over the weekend, um, as winners? I said last week on the podcast. No, nah, I don't bet, but I was, you know, tipping horses, myself and Mrs. Ollie, and one of them was like a, a massive outsider. And I was like, I'll pick that one because it's from Ireland, like of the Irish, and it won. Like, and right at the end too. So I was like, in hindsight, should have put the house on it. Would have been a good day. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight, but yeah, it was good fun and didn't make it to the manly game. Nah, didn't end up going. I was very tired. Let's just say the next day <laughs> we went to paraleagues afterwards and then stayed at the hotel and had a few drinks together into the night. So that was good and yeah. Didn't see you on the news. No, oh, that's good. Oh well, the <laughs> the um, the Titans game was still going on after oh, okay. the last race, so I couldn't jump in front of a horse. But one of um. One of the jockeys actually got thrown off its horse before the race, and it was the one that all my mates were on. And the bloke ended up, I think he did, like, must have pulled something in his arm because the horse, like, jumped, and he tried to hold on, went over the front, and I thought, shit, this horse is just going to run over the top of him here. But it looked, and it turned and, like, ran off. But, yeah, um, Alan Whitaker's horse, uh, well, his dad's Savory. horse, Savory, um, didn't place, but it was pretty cool getting to see that run in person. And, um, yeah, it was just a really good day. And Barney, how's nice. your week been? Yeah, mate, back at work, so yeah, <laughs> it's gone that. down a cog or two, yeah. but no, life's good. Life's good. Uh, Self? Uh, no, it's been good, yeah. Um, kicking off a new gig, so a bit of fun there as well. So seeing how we go. Um, and we've got director Tony Cools, and he'll chime in when need be throughout the day. Uh, I guess the big news of the week is the, the loss of uh, Bob Fulton. A bloke who, obviously, one of the first batch of immortals. A bloke who captained his country, coached his country, captained premierships, coached premierships, was a New South Wales selector forever, uh, uh, administrator. Uh, ultimately, Barney and I talked earlier, and we, we probably can't pay the due respect to, to Bozo that some people have through the week because we, we weren't around to see him in, in the flesh play. Uh, but any thoughts you want to really add before... I- you know, 100%, mate. As you said, there's not much that we can really say about it. Um, 
I've seen the highlights that everybody else sees that constantly come up from his career. Um, I have watched the grand final where he single handed single handedly beat Cronulla on it yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of times myself, and um, yeah, you can just see he was just a, a very tough, very skillful player and um, incredibly football smart. Like um, the, he played two hundred plus games for Manly, his country, New South Wales. He went on to coach uh, New South Wales, I believe, and Australia for quite a long time with pretty good records to go with him. So. He's a, a one of the first batch of immortals, and he's going to be a legend of our game for until we're gone, I would imagine, and further into the future. So, anything from you, boys? Uh, well, yeah, I've seen the '73 Grand Final too. The full game's actually on YouTube. So, if anyone out there hasn't seen Bozo play, I suggest. Well, it was arguably his greatest ever game. So, I suggest you go over and watch it. It was just interesting to see, and I think I brought it up on the podcast before how back then in that game in in particular. All the players really went out there just to try and smash each other and beat the shit out of each other. But it didn't really add an advantage for either team. They just went out there and tried to slug each other out. And it's like Bozo went there and thought, well, literally everyone on the f- else on the field's doing nothing other than trying to take their heads off. I'm actually going to play football, which actually the way he played wasn't too dissimilar to how they play today. And it worked and he literally won the grand final for Manly. So there you go. Yeah, I think based going off what Ollie said there, I think in what you were saying, Dags, before, you go through his list of um, accolades and it's just endless and he's done it at all levels from coaching to playing to selecting to captain his country. But, you know, like Ollie said, he's kind of one of those visionaries for the modern game. So even though, you know, we didn't watch him at his pomp, I mean, the impact of his legacy is kind of still there today with all the players that he's brought through. Um, I think he's still very influential at the Manly Club and I think they paid him the perfect tribute on Sunday, so it was good to see. Yeah, well, my, I guess my main Bozo memories, uh, they're a continuous call team. Was was pretty much was religious, yes. religious listening for me from about the age of 16 mm. through to the mid-20s. That was the, the original, well, the crew I sort of chimed in was uh, Ray Bozo, Blocker and Broman and, and various evolutions of that and he was a, yeah. a big part of that and uh, from midday every Saturday and Sunday that was on whether I was in the kitchen or doing the lawns or whatever it was that was in the background so seemed uh, to have a, a very um, down to earth kind of fella too came yeah, through yeah. on the radio yeah. um, he's very he's very funny at times as well he had yeah. <laughs> some very good stories dry, about being on the farm and all the rest of yeah. it and him and Hadley got along uh, extraordinarily well obviously um, that was a quite a good tribute I saw during the week I thought yeah. from um, Ray Hadley so obviously we'll leave it to the likes of Ray and Paul Kent and Buzz and the ones that all did the, the tribute throughout the week can all pay much better respects on weekend. So, uh, yeah, Vale, uh, Bob Fulton, uh, there is a state funeral. Uh, anything you want to add, Director Tone? You're the only one that probably saw him in the flesh. No, he's waved it off. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the Should we run through the judiciary news first of all, um, before we get into the other couple of talking points from the news? Could be here for a while. <laughs> well, very quickly, Radley unsuccessful, so got five weeks. Yes. What do you think of Victor's two shots, Johnny? Three shots. Ah. Uh, just part of the new rules. I mean, you look at both of them, he's made contact with the head and it's forceful. So within that black and white, he's got to go. Um, I understand his frustrations, but I mean, the first one, he's kind of leaped off the ground and he's collected the kicker with his shoulder. Yep. Second time around, he's collected Tevita Pangai. I mean, if he aims a little bit lower, which is, I mean, there's no big difference on the impact of the tackle if he goes a bit lower. I mean, he gets the force that he wants in the tackle without you know threatening his time on the field so I don't think you have any complaints for either of them 
the fact that it got to that point where he's on report a couple of times, sin bin twice, I thought he was actually pretty lucky to stay on the field I thought for so the rest too. of the game as well. Mm. Um, I mean, he ended up playing an hour, hour of the game. I thought he yeah. probably could have seen half of that if yeah. the referee was feeling so obliged. So, yeah, it, it's probably some of the frustration that the commentators and the fans have uh, raised in this past week, but I don't think you can have any complaints in hindsight. Ollie? Yeah, well, I've seen some people also complaining about him getting five weeks, but that's simply down to carryover points, like he's been in trouble before. Yeah, and the fact that's that he challenged it, it and lost, yeah. which always adds an extra week on top of it as well. Yeah, so honestly, I'm, comp- I'm fine with it. I thought it could have been uh, maybe a week less, but um, at the end of the day, that's the rules we live by these days, isn't it? So, Yeah, uh, Angus Crichton, two weeks. I thought that was particularly soft um, for a... You could argue strongly, if he, and he did, and he didn't get off, but uh, a defensive decision. I thought that was a bit disappointing. Uh, that was something to do, again, with carryover points there. So, um, Yeah, well, he obviously so. tried to get the week, um, get the time off so he could play in the origin. He rolled the dice and lost. I probably thought he could have been given a downgrade into one week and um, been able to play origin. I didn't think it deserved two weeks. But Does that reek a little bit of stamping a message, like sending a message? Yeah, I think so. I don't think anyone was really going to get off this week, to be honest. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, and one week for RCG, Capewell, Dugan, Wilton, Hiroti, Lodge, Gamble, Kerr, Tamalolo, and Burr um, to quickly run through there. They were all guilty pleas. Oh, sure, guilty guilty yeah. pleas and a bunch of fines, yeah. which I didn't write down. Injuries, uh, Munster and Papanaz and have both, uh, Panisi's basically said they're probably three or four weeks away now, so uh, in doubt for origin. Um, Harry should be okay. Harry Grant should be okay for origin. And Kenny Bromwich and Riley Jacks should be about a week away now. So that's, okay. a, I guess, the major injury. So they'll be all right for origin then. They'll be right for origin. <laughs> uh, Blake Green retired immediately after his three re-knee, three re-knee constructions or even three knee reconstructions. Yes. Uh, any comments? I suppose he's the definition of tradesman, really. Blake Green? Well, I'd personally like to bring up his time in England a little bit. I'll be the Trev this week, speaking about his time. But honestly, over there, he... Tore it up, won a couple Super League Grand Finals, uh, won the Harry Sunderland Trophy, which um, is their version of the Clive Churchill Medal in a Grand Final. Um, so over there, he was an absolute gun. So I'd say that would definitely be the highlight of his career, although I personally didn't see too much of it either. Um, and just seeing the Wigan fans today um, in their supporter group just talk about how good a player he was over there. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty nice. Yeah, had a, um, a fairly strong career. Um, he wasn't one of your superstar players, but um, there was a time there just before he did go over to England where he was one of the better halves running around in the competition. Um, he went over there, obviously dominated over there, but injury was a big part of his career for his entire career. And um, sadly, it's ended it early for him. So, but, yeah. Well, the timing a bit peculiar. As soon as he retired, yeah. the, the very next day, the talk of that three-team swap has come straight up and they conveniently have... You know, an additional slot in their top 30 now Fraction to add. of pressure, you reckon, yeah. maybe, from so the club? so now they can yeah. add, I think Clifford it was from the Cowboys, and now looking to add Lodge at the same time, so. Because okay. wasn't the mail going to be the straight swap clamour for Lodge? Does that mean that's where the smoke is fire, that that's potentially next? Yeah, I think there's a few forwards there that could be doing a bit of a merry-go-round out of Brisbane. I think them pushing out a few that they've got and looking to add Clem is a bit weird because he's not the cheapest forward going around, even though he's, you know, he's still pretty top quality from what he's performing this year but yeah it's a bit of a weird one with what's going on at the Broncos but I just thought that was a bit bit funny with uh well I was going to bring up in the um Sharks game but 
given just how Townsend played last week, he doesn't want to be there. Could this be like will America and start Deedon of apparently he's played his last game at yep. Brisbane? Does that mean Townsend probably goes sooner rather than later? Clifford gets down to Newcastle sooner rather than later. Uh what's left? There's one more there that uh and Scotty Drinkwater's still up there at the Cowboys. Drinkwater's, but he's re-signed. Yeah. yeah. Like he's playing his best footy, so I don't know how they'll fit all three of them at the same time. Well, yeah. potentially four, yeah. yeah. I think Dean will be a work in progress up there myself. I don't think he's going to come straight into that team. but Yeah. And uh, the George Williams saga. Ollie might have been the closest to this throughout the week. Any thoughts? I just hate how people have dealt with it. I've said on this podcast before, I'm pretty sure – I can at least respect most journalists to um, to an extent. Um, I always give them the benefit of the doubt when they get stuff wrong because I know there's so many many variables in that. And probably until today, James Hooper was one of those people. But the way in which he's dealt with this whole George Williams situation, especially after Williams has come out and said that he's going wants to he wants to go back due to mental health issues, and the fact that his wife is pregnant and they want a support network in England. And he's come out today and said, well, why were you talking to rival clubs in the NRL? Which I don't think is true, um, especially based off of what, what George has been talking about. And honestly, I hope he goes back over to England, most likely to Wigan, um, and has an enjoyable career over in England. He'll, he'll, he's still the number one um, choice for England halfback for me, at least for the World Cup this year. So he'll still get that top grade footy at the end of the year. And yeah, good on him. Does it advance the Jackson Hastings situation? Possibly. Um, it all depends if Wigan are willing to release him early and they want to get Williams in straight away. They're currently undefeated in Super League, so it depends as well if they want to, um, I guess, risk disrupting the, the flow of the team at the moment, um, as happy as they would be to have him back. But, you know, that's obviously a key position and that would also mean releasing their best player. Um, so it depends, I think... Canberra would probably want something to do with that too, possibly a merry-go-round. I know people have mentioned Reynolds, who knows, maybe Mbai would end up at Canberra until the end of the year. So I think that could come into it if Jackson Hastings was to go to the Tigers early. Yeah, I think if they get Hastings, they're going to be less inclined to want to fight Mbai leaving, I suppose, like they were a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Johnny, anything to add on that? Yeah, I was going to mention this later in the pod, but um, yeah, that whole saga last night in Narrow 360 was... Yeah, it was a bit of carry-on. I think James Hooper doubling down today with the article that he pushed out saying over to you, George. I think, you know, journalists are privy to a lot of information. Isn't it just Bateman all over again, though? Yeah. I think that's what he's... Bateman line him up too. Yeah. Yeah. He lined him up again yesterday, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like I said, journalists are privy to whoever tells them the story. And if you're hearing it from one side, that's the angle that you're going to go for. Of course, yeah. And, you know, it looks pretty damning that uh, all the information he's got seems to be coming straight from Ricky Stewart's mouth. So, of course, that's the angle he's going to take and he's not going to burn any bridges with someone that's going to give him that much. You know, his connections are supreme when it comes to his line of work. So it was just a bit of carry-on that I think everyone forget about in a week or two and just be playing. Well, I'm also going to play devil's advocate here a little bit and I'm not necessarily saying that this is the case, but it's funny how, first of all, John Bateman and now the George Williams saga sagas are the ones that, Hooper and Fox in particular are blowing up about. It's is there possibly a deep seated, maybe a bit of an unconscious bias against the 
the British talent the here. Mate, mate, Possibly. Po- poss- I'm no, not I saying it is, know. but I, I don't think I so. couldn't read too much of that. No. I think it Maybe it's, it, it could be something to do with the fact that they're both I, – I don't know, and I, I you know, I, I watch 360 probably like all of us do, but um, I think both of those blokes are pretty close to Ricky as well. They're probably yeah. going to go yeah. that way. It's, the thing is as well, like m- many of the comments I've seen and the reaction from people to the announcement and all the Fox stuff, it's a lot of – um, attacks targeted at people from Britain, not just George Williams. It's like I think it makes it a bigger those, story, yeah, it, um, yeah. especially to the club and the supporters of the club that both those players were given transfer fees to come here, which doesn't yeah. happen over here. You know what I mean? So the club's gone out of their way to pay a bit of extra cash to get them here in the first place, and for them both to leave early on their contracts, I think it you know, leaves a bit of a sour taste, which gets people a bit fired up. But we'll see. If I'm a Raiders fan, that's probably a good way of explaining it. Whereas, let's just say a lot of the comments we, <laughs> well, I send it in our chat. A lot of yeah. the comments we've seen are just downright disgusting, and yeah. I'd say a couple of them are probably racist. Like mm. they are oh, genuinely mate, racist. Can't re- social media, social just, media is anything and everything. It can, it can be great. Can from be. the chat, uh, Gumpy's in the oh, chat. He couldn't be tonight, but he said, uh, "Yeah, he, he agrees." Clifford go straight to the Knights uh, and he suggests Williams has spoken to South for sure. Uh, okay. Chris Abood up the eels hashtag Denny Scaife and Supercoach Wise thoughts on Sam Walker to Burton this week. Chris Abood, are you Danan? Um, <laughs> but we will get to that chat, Supercoach Cat and uh, Supercoach Chat in the second half. Uh, Gumpy, thanks for chiming. Keep chiming in there. Uh, agree with the Clifford stuff. Uh, shush, that's about the news. Any other news, Ollie, that we need to oh, get to? Look, there's there's a couple of um, of signing notes here, but. I, Last week, I think we went on a bit too long, so I'm happy to just read it out. And then, if there's anything in particular afterwards, we can chime in and have Get a quick chat. Them. But, um, yeah, so this is since last Thursday. AJ Brimson's re signed with the Titans until the end of 2026 officially. Peter Hiku joins the Cowboys officially on a two year deal from next season. Nine's World Wide World of Sports are reporting that Matt Dufty has been told to look elsewhere by the Dragons as they pursue Nico Hines. Uh, very quickly. Uh, actually, no, we'll save that for the for the Dragons game. We'll talk about Cody Ramsey then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Fox Sports reporting Cronulla are looking to bring in Mitchell Pearce next season to re-link up with uh, Craig Fitzgibbon. George Williams released to return to England. Fox Sports reporting that the Bulldogs are trying to sign both Kobe Havrington and Corey Pakes from the Broncos. Walters confirms uh, that Brisbane and the Cowboys are in talks to move on Tom Dearden immediately. Fair enough. Um, so to get a bit of chat going, I suppose Ed, Johnny hasn't been here since early on in the season. We first of all said we'll revisit our top eight predictions. Uh, I used the NRL.com ladder predictor. I didn't use the margins because I was too lazy, but uh, <laughs> came up with a general idea. Uh, Johnny, from your point of view, who can you now see clearly missing the eight? Who's your top four? Um, have, you, have you gone to the trouble of, of putting together a new top eight? I haven't, but I was looking through the week. Mainly had. I'm mainly at shoe-ins for the top four. How good's their draw? They're, draw, they're playing amazing. two teams from the top four, one yeah. team from the top eight, and the rest is just fodder for the rest of the year. Yeah. They'll be nailed on for a top four spot. They're only four points outside of it already, so I think they're one they'll come through. I think Roosters, just injuries are going to take their toll. I think they'll probably just hang on to a top eight spot. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm starting to feel like that ball's about to crack with the Roosters. They yeah. held on for a long time, and I, I think... It, that's, it won't be the first time they get beat by a team like Brisbane. They're just putting together a 17 every week. And yeah. now you're looking at Crichton's gone. You look at who can come in to replace him. It's just a bit, it's a bit thin at that end of the field. Um, Dragons, they started well. They won, When I was on the show, I said they'd start 
house on fire and then they slip away and that's slowly starting to come to its head. They're just struggling to put on points uh, when they need to. And um, Cowboys, I want to say they'll make the eight. They've got another solid run as well yep. coming through and they look to have found that recipe where they can get the best out of Holmes, they can get the best out of Tamalolo and they're filling out that squad with some very good performers, especially in that back line with Talungi coming through. Uh, uh, Fido, he's coming back. Uh, David Bowen's playing really well since he's come back as well. So a bunch of those teams that we're talking about were more likely to get a wooden spoon. Look like they'll be making some eight from the time I was on here. Barney? Yeah, well, um, just, I, I haven't gone and had a look at it in depth, but um, the, I think your top five, five or six, are pretty much going to be the same as what we said at the start of the year, except for possibly Manly, which we all agree now is if they can keep up their current form for the next six to eight weeks, they're going to find themselves well and truly cemented in that top eight. Um, you got you. You're still going to have your four or four to six teams all fighting in in and around probably six points of that top eight at the back end of the year with your Titans, your Warriors, um, someone like Brisbane. If they can continually put together performances like they did against the Roosters, they're going to be starting to push towards the 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 eight. I agree with Johnny. I think the Dragons look like they're on a slide, and if they keep um, if they keep getting blokes suspended each week, they're going to be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, that's that's a big question mark now about how teams are going to go week to week. Realistically, if yeah. you get two or three of your better players suspended each week for even if just the one week, it can you know take a game that everyone expected you to win and put you in a fifty-fifty position. Yeah, well, really, that game, only so. only say Penrith and Melbourne can absorb that. I know Easts have for, a, and obviously a the Raiders have fallen away. I can't. I, I don't know what's going to happen with the Raiders. I don't think they're going to make the eight and. I, thinking they might even be closer to the bottom than the yeah. top. So. Ollie went to the trouble of margin, so I'll save him for last. <laughs> uh, I, I count it with top eight of Panthers, Storm, Eels, yeah, Manly fourth, Bunnies, Roosters, I'd Warriors uh, going on a run, and then Titans, Broncos will come down to differential for me because I didn't do the differential. So, um, And then Raiders, Tigers, Cowboys with the rest, and I don't need to talk about the bottom four there. Uh, Ollie. Yeah, so in first I've got Penrith. I, I do have them losing one game, and that's that game against Melbourne in round 20 on 46 points. Melbourne in second on 44. I'm tipping them to not lose again this year. Mm. I know it's n- very unlikely realistically, but, I mean, if any team's going to do it, it's either Penrith or Melbourne. Third, Parramatta. So I think we're the exact same there. Fourth, I do have the Roosters. I still think they will beat a few teams and handily as well just towards the bottom of the ladder and that gets them fourth over Manly on for and against so again it's just that point scoring ability of the Roosters six I've got South Sydney dropping right down I've actually got them winning one of their last four games seventh I've got the Warriors who I've got winning four of their last five and I believe I actually have them on a bit of a winning run before that as well so the the last few weeks of the season I think the Warriors are really going to have a good time so if you're a bit skeptical about the Warriors making the eight I'd probably say they do based off of that draw and in eighth I've got the Titans on 24 points that's four points below the Warriors and the Rabbitohs um, a, a 50-50 12 and 12 season in ninth I've got Canberra 20 points I've got them winning one of their last four I say they they do get a, a couple more wins sort of at the midpoint of the year maybe um, it, it was really close a lot of these games to pick in 10th I do have the Cowboys um, comes down to four and against why they haven't finished ninth they're on the same points as the Raiders in 11th I do have the Dragons I am tipping them to maybe win a couple more games in the next couple of weeks which will keep them out of that bottom four however I do have them losing their last five games the Tigers 
Now, I have them in 12th, and I have them winning four out of their last five. So they might have a bit of an easy draw, which might bump them up there. The Broncos in 13th, I say they win three more games this year, and they end the season two and three, so they'll get a couple of wins there. (laughs) The Newcastle Knights, on the same amount of points as the Broncos, I'm only tipping them to win three more games this year. Um, I, I don't see them doing too well, but two of their last three. three. I just said they can't win another game until something drastically changes, <laughs> well, which Ponga might drastically change, but four, yeah, yeah, which four points below them in 15th. I've got the Sharks, unfortunately, <laughs> with eight points, winning one more game this year and losing their last five. And I've got the Bulldogs in 16th with six points, winning two more games this year. And I'm tipping those games to be against the Knights and the Sharks. Is that game this week? A, Sharks game? Against the Bulldogs. Titans. Titans, Sharks. <laughs> so, well, are we going down the Sunday afternoon? We're going down the games? Yeah, mate. We'll yeah? be there. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um, <laughs> now the Sharks will win. Now, that's sort of speculation. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Who's your top eight? Uh, uh, did you do a finals? As well? No, because that's... No. <laughs> well, uh, Penner from Melbourne will win all of them and then play each other in the yeah, final. Yeah, so I've got Penner from Melbourne in the grand final, Penner's winning, but yeah, there's one interesting matchup in the first week of the finals and that's South up against the Warriors and based off of form, how I'd have it at that point, I've got the Warriors making the second week, but that's probably yeah. the only thing against script, Yep, you could say. But yeah, cool. There you go. Uh, Amy's asked with Angus out... Who do you think will be the New South Wales starting second rowers? Well, lucky because that's what we're about to do next. We're picking um, our, teams. our origin teams. Uh, so let's do let's do Queensland first. Let's do the away team first. We're going to uh, go by position, or we're going to go team. No, nah, go your, go your one to thirteen. Right uh, What do you reckon? Position take a long time. Go one to thirteen, and we can bag each other on the way through. Right. Where, where are we starting? Go Queensland one to thir- uh, one to seventeen. I should say. Barney, oh, you and yep. who? Yeah, okay, I'll start. I'm going to have, um, I've got Ponga as my number one, Xavier Coates number two, Gay Guy and Capewell at three and four, Bell Holmes at five. I've got Munster in at six at the moment, obviously depending on whether he's fit or not. Uh, I've got DCE at seven. Fodawaka is uh, one of my starting props. Mahoney at nine, Welch at ten, Kafusi and Fafita in the back row, <laughs> and Tino to uh, Fusalami <laughs> lock, in the, lock in the scrum um, depending on injury as I said um, I've got AJ or Grant playing 14 um, if fit I'd have Grant starting in front of AJ Brimson I've got Arrow, Sua and Kerr to round out my 17 Is as the bench players Sua in doubt uh, he's been dropped by he's South dropped this by week South, so that could put him right. okay. well that's why I haven't picked him because I did have him in there and then I checked and I thought, oh. Uh, Ollie, you go next. Yeah, so I think um, at least in the starting Sorry, side. Uh, if Munster's not fit, who plays six? Um, I'm going to move Ponga to, Ponga to six and, and then AJ to fullback. Yeah. yeah, so I've only got one difference in my starting lineup, at least to Barney. So I've got Ponga fullback, uh, Coates and Holmes on the wing, Gagai and Capewell in the centres. I've got Munster at six, but if not, I've chucked in Sam Walker. I sort of like the story of it as well. And I think with Cherry Evans alongside him, who's my halfback, I think he might be take a lot of the pressure off him. Um, My props are Christian Welch and Milwaukee Fodawaka. At nine at the moment, I do have Harry Grant just because I'm trusting what Frank Panisi said, saying he should be right. So I'm trusting that for now. Um, I've got Fafita and Kafusi in the second row, Big Tino at lock, and then my bench at 14, I've got Reid Marnie, uh, Jared Wallace, Jai Arrow, and Josh Kerr, and he was the one who came in for sewer for me, yep. Josh Kerr. 
I've gone very different. <laughs> oh, I like nice. it. Okay, yeah. no, that's good. Basically, because of that forward rotation, I've taken into account some of the suspension and injuries. But I've got Pongo at fullback, Coates. I've got Murray Talungi on the wing. I've gone Opacek okay. and Gagai in the centre. I think Opacek's been brilliant for the Eels. I think defensively, yeah. he can really hold his own in origin. Yep. I've got Munster at six. Uh, if he makes it, Cherry Evans at seven. I've started with Welch and Jared Wallace uh, in the props. Uh, if Grant's fit, he starts. If not, Marnie. And if uh, whoever's. Missed out there, has missed out on my 18. Mm-hmm. I got Kafusi, Fafita, and Tino um, in back row like everyone else. Ben Hunt is my number 14. I think he's been great. Uh, yeah. I put Jaden Sewer there, but that's TBC. Obviously, he's been dropped this week by Rabbits. I got Mo for the Waker, and I've got Kurt Capewell at 16, basically just because of their forwards are a bit thin with those injuries yeah. and suspensions. So I think having that kind of coverage on their bench, I think will help Paul Green. The versatility helps as well. It can slot into the centres if need be. Yeah, absolutely. I've gone, uh, yeah, obviously Ponga one, Holmes two, Gay Guy three, Capel four, Felt five. Uh, I may have got the two wingers back to front, but you know what I mean. Reese Walsh at six, mm. if Munster's out. Uh, I like it. DCE, obviously, Mo at eight, Harry nine. If he's not fit, then Marnie starts. Mm-hmm. Welsh, Fafita, Kafusi, Tino, Papaihi 14. Wallace 15, Arrow 16, and I've actually gone Joffa at 6, 17 because I think he's playing pretty good footy. Probably he's suspended. For oh, the he's first, first. Yeah, he, he's also, he also I, I think he's ruled himself out of origin as he well. He did too. Now he's Tongan now or something. Uh, uh, Samoan. Sorry. Um, I, I think it's as long as the Johns brothers get the job. But anyway. Um, no, you're right. uh, that being the case, then, uh, yeah, probably some other forward. Um, uh, <laughs> save your coach. another forward. Uh, I, no, I, think, I think Kyle Fultz... Um, Playing pretty good footy. No, like weeks. I'm not. Just def- you, I'm just wondering why. Uh, defensively, I think felt if he doesn't, if the pumpkin doesn't go on, he's a bit stronger and sure. a little bit better in the air against the New South Wing, New South Wales winger. I'm going to pick AJ's 18th man because um, if there's a shuffle there, then yeah, AJ comes okay. in. So yeah, with um, with my 18th man, I don't think we mentioned one. I've got um, either Hunt or AJ Brimson. Obviously, if um, Munster's out and AJ's in the team, it's going to be Hunt. But if if not, I'll have AJ as my 18th man. Yeah, I've gone AJ as well. Or Holmes, just uh, depending yeah. on how it makes up. I'd say AJ's probably a bit safer in the sense that, well, he probably won't. Fingers crossed he won't. But Ponga is known to get a couple of nagging injuries. If he happened to get one, then... He still get through this week too as well. Yeah. Yeah. Ponga. Yeah. Um, let's get to New South Wales. I'll go first. Go ahead. Tedesco, uh, I've actually... As much as I love him, I haven't picked Tuo. I'll get that out of the yep. way early. Uh, Tupo, Turbo, Latrell, Fox. I have picked Luai. Cleary, Haas. Uh, I've picked Appy at nine because the, uh, Cook's like disappeared Cook. down a rabbit hole. See what he did there. Uh, Paulo, starting prop. Frizzell, now if Angus out. Cam Murray, 12. Yo, 14. Uh, Yo, 13. My 14. Who's the best utility player in the game at the moment? Matthew Burden. Nico Hines um, <laughs> can play anywhere. Get to him, Nick. Uh, why wouldn't you pick Nico if if Papadas not yeah. fit? Nico does the Makes same sense. job. He plays all of the spine. Fanukin, uh, Tavita Pengai, Paul Vaughan, and Burton is my 18th man. It's ahead of Gusto, actually, uh, Johnny. Yeah, I've gone Teddy. Tupu. You're allowed to bag me, by the way. You're very just nodding away. <laughs> I'll let that come at the end. It's a very polite <laughs> opinion show here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got Teddy at fullback, obviously. I've got Tupu and uh, Josh Hadakar. I've gone Stephen Crichton because everyone that's a centre option tends to play a left centre. He's the only natural right centre that we've got apart from Lomax. So I went Stephen Crichton. He's playing terrific footy as well. Uh, Turbo is his other centre partner. Lawyer and Cleary are in the halves. Haas, Cook. I've stayed with, stayed with Cook. I think Appy would have given him a run, but 
just only just come back to uh, first grade footy. Uh, Daniel Saifidi to start. Gone Frizzell, Ryan Madison, uh, left edge for Crichton, and uh, Jake Trevojevic. I just don't think you can put Jake on the edge. So he's either starting at lock or he's on my bench, and I'm just mm-hmm. starting. Uh, I've gone Matt Burden at 14. I think he could play 1-7 to seven and even 13 if things get play drastic. Play 3-4 and four too if he's in your That's what I'm saying. He, he, he was, feel every position. It was a toss between him and Nico, and I just thought Nico's played a fair bit of dummy half too. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So that was what tipped it for me. Uh, my bench is Yo, Paulo, and Nathan Brown for a bit of punch and skill. Mm, okay. Well... Uh, so I've gone pretty much, you're going to hear a lot of names here that are very similar. Tedesco, Tupu, Mitchell, Turbo, uh, and Josh Adokar at my back five. Luai Cleary, Paulo Haas, and Cook starting in the nine. I've gone with um, Tavita Pangai in 11. I've gone with Cam Murray at 12 and Isaiah Yo at 13. Um, I'm going with Whiten as my 14, just as a bigger body who can play halves and back row if needed. Uh, Jake Trebojevic... Paul Vaughan and Dale Finnecane to round out my bench. Yeah, I like it. Uh, 18th man would be um, either Walker or possibly Schuster. Just the fact that he can play in the back row as Schuster well. Schuster was very close. Is someone that well. you could consider mm. to put in. Uh, so uh, no Gutho, I guess, for most of us. But no Gutho and Pappenhausen, yeah. you could slot in instead of Whiten if you really wanted to. Yeah, Depends yeah, how you want to play it, whether like you want to play bigger like bodies or you want to play someone that's going to come yeah, on and yep. add a bit of X factor. So... <laughs> Right, well, <laughs> Tedesco, <laughs> uh, Tedesco, Adokar, Mitchell, Travojevic, Toto. I'm going to get the explanation for that one out of the way now. I was actually going to pick Tupo until I typed it in, but I thought, you know what? Have Toto's partner be Travojevic because the main concern for Toto is getting under that high ball. I think Turbo can cover him there and then he can just play his natural game. So I think he's a good fit, not too dissimilar, I think a role that Stephen Crichton would play for Toto at Penrith. Um, So I've got him in there. My halves, Jack Whiten and Nathan Cleary. Again, I had Lil right up until I put it in. I just feel like with Whiten in terms of big game situations, origin experience, Whiten can play that sort of a Lil role and mainly run the ball as long as Nathan Cleary's got full control of the side. That's the thing for me. As long as they get that set... um, and White's the one running the ball. I think they'll be okay. Payne Haas, and I've got Safidi um, as my props at hooker. I've got Damian Cook, usually turns up at origin level at least. 11 to 13, I've got three locks. I've got Cam Murray, Jake Travojevic playing in the second row, and Isaiah Yeo locking the scrum. And on the bench, I do have Pappenhausen. I was trying to look for a player for me with versatility. I didn't think of Nico Hines. I did the zero tackle... Uh, team list thing and Nico Hines wasn't even on there so I South Coast boy so yeah yeah Um, but on my bench as well I've got Pangai Jr Paulo and Fanukin I'd have to say 18th man probably Gutho um, so in, in reply to your question Amy our starting back row mine is Frizzell and Murray but I gave very, very serious thought to TPJ starting because I think he's been very destructive this year. And it could be one of those things where you pick him on the bench and you start him on a night because you wake up and feel like it. Johnny, you're starting 11 and 12. Were... Uh, I went Frizzell and Madison. Yep. Um, I think I love TPJ. I didn't pick him because I didn't think Freddie would pick him. But 
if he plays like he did against the Roosters, it, without a doubt, he's playing State of Origin. Well, I quietly thought that TPJ was going to be my curveball, but I think we all had him. Mm. Um, my starting second role is a Murray and Travojevic. The reason, main reason why TPJ is on the bench is because I think he can come on as either a prop, a lock, or a second row. Yeah, it's just where you need to use him on the night. So off the, off the bench for whoever's the most tired in the four pack, really. And final word, man. Was, yeah, to be the pen guy, and um, I had Murray in there as well. Um, I, I was looking more to have Murray at 13, but I can't leave Yo out of the side. He's been tremendous for the last 12 months. So. Yeah. Just, last seven years. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, but his form's just gone the, yeah, the extra yeah, level yeah. in the last He's everything months, you'd want in a lock. He can run a hole. He can link up yeah, with your middles. Play. He can do my, everything. Yeah, my concern with Jake actually was that he's just that half step slower than the rest. But yeah. since Tommy's come back, he's in a good team. He's looks like he's grown. Yeah. He's found that step again. Uh, for Chill Flow Cool Rooms, any numbers we should plot, Tony, or should just Google it? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> boys, let's get into our match reviews. Uh, uh, Director Tony will put it up on the screen. There you go. If you ever need a cool room for your weddings, bar mitzvahs, uh, funerals, whatever else um, you do, Tone, Easter shows. Uh, Cowboys 36 defeated Knights 20. Uh, I believe the Knights only scored when it was 13 on 12. 13 on 11. 13 on 11, 11. yeah. Yep. Uh, some stats, Barney, and then you can give us your first thoughts to lead us away. Yeah, so seven tries to four, four out of seven conversions for the Cowboys, two out of four for the Knights. 80% completion played 79%. 33 out of 41 sets for the Cowboys, 31 out of 39 for the Knights. 11 line breaks played four, 33 tackle busts played 29. Five offloads to the Cowboys, 15 to the Knights. Three force dropouts by Newcastle, 0 40 20s. 329 tackles played, 312. Two ruck infringements from the Cowboys, three from Newcastle. Two inside the 10 for the Cowboys, one for Newcastle. Uh, Cowboys conceded six penalties, Knights conceded three. 11 errors apiece. Two sin bins for the Cowboys. Uh, Wright made 43 tackles, Braley made 45, Felt made 236 metres, and Jacob Saifidi made 167. Clifford missed four tackles and uh, Tomalolo missed six, actually. Oh. Musgrove missed four and didn't make one, so that was a good day out for him. Um, and Saifidi and Frizzell missed four each. Uh, Tualangi with 145 supercoach points, Holmes with 138, Felt with 101, and Fitzgibbon with 93. I thought this was actually an okay game of football. It wasn't too bad. Really entertaining. We like fast flying <laughs> football. We like plenty of points scored. Yep. Here it was. Um, Newcastle got brought back into the game a bit, I thought, after the cows started on fire um, with two, two, two tries there early in the game when uh, the Cowboys had players in the bin. Newcastle sort of held the middle, but they never took control in the middle. Um, yeah. They did enough to sort of keep the Cowboys from running over the top of them, but they didn't. Um, they had the opportunity to get over the top of them, and the Saifidi boys were actually... Uh, Saifidi. Yeah, the, um, the Saifidi boys were actually quite good with the ball in hand. They actually ran with some um, with some enthusiasm, which I thought a few of the others might jump on the back, but they didn't really get into it too much. Um, just after half-time, they... The Knights sort of got in control, got in front, but then they just fell apart in that last half an hour of the game. <coughs> oh, wow, that bad. <laughs> <laughs> there was five tries through the um, that right-hand side defence of the of the Knights. Um, Tuolungi with a hat trick. He looks like a promising young player, actually. Um, Big, strong, um, fast. <laughs> good feet, yep. Um, both the wingers were pretty good. Holmes and Drinkwater... 
they were very important for the Cowboys. They um they set up all their attacking structures back through the middle, and um they. It, it looks like they're uh, they're just getting their combination together now. They're, they're working they're quite well together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Tom Malolo was pretty good with the ball in the hands, but he um he had an off night in defence. Obviously, he, the, I think that high tackle rattled him a little bit, to be honest, and he wasn't sure exactly what he was meant to do after that. But he missed a few tackles. Um, as I said, Saifidi boys had some good energy. Fitzgibbon and uh, Frizzell were pretty good, but outside of that, the it was just their outside the outside backs. Their defence was horrendous at a, times. And I've, I worked it out. Fitzgibbon's a, a centre in a second row's body. Like he, <laughs> he wants to play broken field, um, like trying to put people running off him through holes. And he's he, he's actually okay at it. I'll give him that. But um, he was he was fine. But yes, they're, they're, the, the Newcastle edges are embarrassing. Like if they didn't fall apart, bad. they're a good chance in this game. But yeah, but like they just gave up soft tries, soft points. Tuolungi owned them early. Uh, Val keeps get. We've talked for a month how Val's getting better and better, and put him to shame. Uh, there's just blokes in this team that wouldn't be playing first grade and probably any other team on, on out wide. Most of them. Um, Kurt Mann was all at sea at fullback. He was. A <laughs> Didn't lost, he have an absolute seat, shocker? Um, which he got thrown in the last minute. So yeah. and that try that he just absolutely gave him over on. The, yeah, <laughs> he just it was basically passed it to the bloke who scored the try. Yeah, not pretty, Johnny. What do you think of the game? Uh, there's a lot you could say wrong about the Knights at the minute, but I'll focus on the Cowboys because their resurgence has been really good considering yep. where they were at the start of the year. Like you said, Val Holmes, he's looking like that premier fullback that they thought they signed when they got him back from the Jets, uh, New York Jets. Um, the support cast, Scotty Drinkwater, drink water. he's been sensational the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. His combination, especially with Reese Robson out of dummy half, playing off their forwards and getting them up the field has been really good. Their edges in Talungi and Felt, have been really strong helping those forwards get back up into the, over the advantage line and keep them rolling through. So they've been really strong. Toddy Payton looks like he's starting to get the making of a side that he envisioned when he went there as mm. well. So, I mean, he's... But he's starting to get this because his stamp at the Warriors was that um, discipline and just yeah. the um, getting people into, I guess, teams into shape. And it's taken him 10 weeks, but I think he's probably got as good as he's going to get out of this team and they're going to beat... A lot of teams are going to play. They're, they're to me, they're sort of Warriors level now. Yeah, without the X factors, Warriors still have up this league. Well, we'll find out this week. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do look like they're a few players short of really challenging those top six sides. But he's got the makings of a really good team there. He's got uh, Dunn and the other back edge. Is it right? He's got those yeah. guys yeah. playing well yeah. on the edge as well. Like they, they're a good side. And, all the bad habits that they developed over the past couple of years, it's going to take some time for Payton to, to iron them out of that side, and he looks like he's starting to do that now, right at the uh, good time of the season to get them maybe into the finals. Yeah, Newcastle, it seemed like when the two players went off for the Cowboys, they thought, right, this is our chance to get in everything we can, but then after that we're done. Because once the Cowboys were back to 13 players, Newcastle just sort of backed off Complete straight away, it seemed like, all right, now we've had our piece. Instead of trying to kick on with that momentum, it just stopped as soon as the North Queensland Cowboys got back to 13 players. And that's really worrying because I'd say there are at least probably 13 other sides in the competition where as soon as those players come back on, they at least try to keep that momentum going for at least five minutes before it unravels for whatever reason. But yeah, Newcastle just straight off other than that little period. And uh, I'd have to say to Alagi, he, the three tries looks like an absolute gun. He'd come close to getting my three points this week. And as a winger, like that's hard to do, but he's an absolute gun. So I have to agree with uh, Johnny. I wouldn't necessarily have him in there, but if you picked him to play for Queensland, he's definitely in form. 
Um, I also like, and I have to apologise for forgetting his name, but the young bloke on debut scoring at the end of the game yeah, and all the boys um, getting around him. Cole, yeah, Cole felt shouting in his yeah. face. Like yeah. it was, It's just good to see all the boys get around him. And they had his family up in the crowd and I think they were all wearing shirts with his face on it. So that's <laughs> probably that, something nice in a world of rugby league at the moment that's shrouded in peanuts. The so. only bloke we haven't uh, mentioned is Reese Robson. He's playing really good for yeah. well, um, oh, he didn't. <laughs> well, he's, he's yeah, getting some of the last couple uh, of uh, The only thing, only because I played him into a draft super coach just as a one-off, but um, <laughs> that he just came off the field with 25 to go and didn't come back on. They just, yeah. trust, they just sort of trust uh, Granville as their closer. Yeah. Now, I'm not asking this in terms of – because I don't think he'll play for either side, but is he Queensland? Yeah. Yeah. He could get in that 21. Drink water? Um, uh, Robson. Robson. Yeah. yeah. In that 18 to 21. He's certainly playing good enough. Yeah, they've got two pretty good hookers there. Yeah. Right? yeah that's carry a third. Uh, well, if, if Grant's out. Yeah. Tell you what, I'd rather him coming off the bench than Reed Barney. Okay. That's, if that's yeah, the way you want to go. His running like. game at it on half has been so good mm. for the Cowboys. We didn't really analyse our teams. What I don't like is the idea that Harry has to come off the bench now. Yeah. Like, no, no he's good. Like, just let the bloke play. Let him play hook. He did it last year. I only um, picked it that way just because um, Harry Grant's barely had a game in the last month. And so. I understand that as well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think we've said all we can about this game. Um, Cowboys uh, are on the up and, and Newcastle have serious issues. Uh Another inquiry there. We might they might be looking for a new coach uh, in the near future. The Knights, uh, yeah. If not, then yeah. Uh, I'm saying three to Val, two to Alungi, one drink water. Any? any yeah, I'm happy with that. I had um, two Alungi with three. Same. I had drink yeah. water with two, and I had Val with one. But pretty much, I had all identical. the same three players. Mm-hmm. All right, go. Uh, we'll go uh, three to Alungi with his hat trick. Two to you said two drink water. Did you? I did. One to Val. Yep. All right, I'm happy with that. That's fine. Let's get to Friday night. Six o'clock game, Warriors 30, Tigers 26. Barney? Six tries to four, three out of six conversions, played three out of four. Shut up, Ollie. <laughs> I was just watching your face as you read that out. <laughs> two out of two penalties from the Tigers. 81% completion, played 78%. 29 out of 36 sets, played 32 out of 41. Six line breaks to four. 22 tackle bus for the Warriors, 39 for the Tigers. 10 offloads played 11. Two force dropouts by the Tigers. 356 tackles for the Warriors, 341 for the West Tigers. Three ruck infringements played two. Uh, one inside the 10 by the Tigers. Five penalties conceded by the Warriors and one by the Tigers. Uh, 10 errors to the Warriors and 13 to the Tigers. And two Simbins to the Warriors. Egan made 52 tackles, Twile with 37. RTS with 272 metres and Laurie with 216. Cody uh, Nicarima missed nine tackles and made 16. Walsh missed four and made three. Brooks and Little both missed four tackles each. Uh, Walsh with 129 supercoach points. Garner with 100 and RTS with 94. Oh, you're looking at me. Want me to keep going? Or? <laughs> uh, we generally swap it around. Uh, I can just keep going if you go want. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave the Tigers talk to you. I like watching the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mainly selfishly because Supercoach regions are born Reese Walsh. I was trying to figure out how they would get that to work, and I think they've figured it Is out. Is he a second fullback or your top fullback? Uh, no, I've got him and Turbo at the minute. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was my main one for a second. But, uh, yeah, no, they've kind of figured it out there. I thought they'd actually keep RTS at fullback, but then when they have the ball, Reese Walsh kind of steps in to that uh that number six role and then in defense RTS pushes up and they'll protect Walsh and kind of help that with his education because what they're saying to like grooming for the fullback spot next year. But I mean 
just as long as he has the ball, things happen for him. It does, and, doesn't it? Yeah. Look, there will be a drop-off at some point. Like, that's what happens with young kids. They'll come on. But he's shown everything that you want at this stage of his career. He's moved over from Brisbane. He's kind of just slotted into that fullback spot and just gone, yeah, I know I've got confidence in myself. I know my upbringing in footy has been good. He seems like a student of the game. Like, he just seems like one of those kids that's just obsessed with footy. And it comes across in his, in his game when he's out there and, He's got no fear at all, no matter what they throw at him, and he just seems to find a way through defences, and it's really fun to watch. Uh, well, well I'll, I'll go next. Look, it's a typical story for Tigers. I would argue they're probably the better team for, if not 15 minutes, 45. Uh, I think the Ford's still doing the job that they're not really letting on down. They're not, uh, I still like Joffre at lock. They're doing okay. Garner was pretty good. Garner's – well, for, for the first 20 minutes, I felt like a genius because I said that the Warriors' edges were the problem and Garner tore them apart. Uh, we looked, it looked great. Uh, the issues we have uh, – well, the first issue we had was RTS was running at uh, Joey Leilua the whole night, so that was a, a major issue for everyone because <laughs> uh, one can't tackle and one's really good. Didn't um, have fun too. <laughs> but when, around, when push yeah. came to shove, there's two things – when you do your 13 on 12 for 20 minutes and you take two convert two penalty shots, um, that's mm. I don't know if that's an indication of your mindset or an indication of what's going on, but you can't afford to go 20 minutes and not put at least six or eight points on. They conceded um, two tries I'll, I'll, at times. Yeah, well. and they conceded two, which is um, not since the Titans have we seen such an embarrassment. Uh, but uh, to not – I understood the first one, but to not take the um, the tap on the second one was yeah. preposterous. Uh, and even then to fight back um, – the, the difference is the thing is in an arm wrestle. The difference is the other team had two game game winning players and they won the game. Uh, RTS and and Welsh, explosive of the mark. He's tremendous. Everything you just said is great. Uh, thinks about the game, picks out the game. Look, the Tigers. The issue of the Tigers' defence is they don't slide, but they don't push up, so they just <laughs> stand there. So you end up with overlaps and people not knowing where they're supposed to be. Either that or there's no communication and Nofa just is an idiot. Well, they, um, they sort of push up, but they, then they don't. they're too compact and yeah. then they don't slide. So they come up they compact to. and then mm. I think if you went back through every Tigers game this year, there's an out, uh, a rainbow ball that they walk in untouched on the side. Mm-hmm. It would be every Tigers game. If this uh, makes sense, their, their defence is like the Bulldogs' attack. Hmm. It, yeah, it's anyway. just boring and you can't wrap your head around it at all. Yeah, like it it's just like, doesn't work. Yeah, like, well, it, yeah, like, <laughs> like I said a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's, it's 70% of a defence. It's not uh, – and, and it's not like the Fords miss a great deal of tackles, but, um, yeah, there there's issues there that still need to be under. I don't know if it's communication. I don't um, – BJ's gone again this week. We'll see what that does. Uh, someone like Gump might be better to explain to work out how you, you might fix that. Um, I guess that's all i got to get to say, really. Um, I also I, – I can't imagine the Dewey thing lasts too much longer because you cannot have a game where your best player touches the ball like four times. Yeah. Uh, that that right edge of the Tigers is an absolute mystery. You've had yeah. Luciano and Knopf playing on the left edge. Yeah. And they kind of were like – they were effective, but they weren't like we're getting the best out of you. Mm. They shift to the right, and now they're forcing their way down the left. Yeah. To, you know, Garner, who scored two, but, I mean, he's kind of ran through gaps. Yeah. yeah. And they got their outside backs on that left edge who I don't really want touching the ball too often. But then even, like, I watched it back today, but even, like, a, the highlights again today, even the very last play of the game, there's a 5-1 overlap, and Garner gets a ball in the last play yeah. on, the, on the left wing with a 4-1 a <laughs> overlap, and he goes... Oh, well, I'm not going to score, and it goes yeah. back. Like, there's just got to be. I don't know the structures. I don't. I think 
obviously next year I think it'll help some of the people coming in, but that's next year for now. I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if it's a, a communication thing, but there's serious issues and they're going to beat some teams like the Dragons this week, but they're not going to do much more than that. And that's all I'm going to say about them, really. In saying all that, they could have still won the game. And they probably should have. Like <laughs> that that should last have. play, if Dewey doesn't have. touches it, Laurie goes yeah. over and they're at least going to go on a point. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Bun? Yeah, it's a pretty exciting game at times. A bit of back and forth there and some pretty good attacking football in different parts of the game. Um, the, the forward battle was really good, I thought. Um, I thought the Tigers actually won that battle too in yep. the middle. Um, but there was just too many errors out wide for the Tigers. Um, and when the Warriors got their chances, they took most of them. You know what I mean? When they made the half breaks, they generally made it count. And if they didn't, they were down the other end and making the Tigers work out of their end. So, um, and, and ha- Actually, I forgot to mention, like, explosive pace... Warriors actually, I've mentioned two of them, but even Nick, their halves have it too. Like, yeah, Nick yeah, Nick gets Arena's half a gap and he's gone. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, and that's just, and Brooks sort of Chanel's had it, but he's not the same. Thing. Come back. Yeah. yeah, but um, like, they, they took their chances out wide. As I said, RTS and the kid, they were just like, they, they, if you could get them together for two or three years, who knows mm. what they, those blokes would do. I'd even like to see RTS come into the centres and then start working, mm. you know, back in that middle a little bit more with yeah. with Walsh. That would be brilliant. I but think if um, he was staying, that would, should be the logical. Yeah. Well, we were talking a few weeks ago after the Melbourne game how, it's, how it was like, well, why are the Warriors doing this? Even though Reese Walsh had a really good game, it's just Melbourne outclassed them. And I sort of think in hindsight, that's what we were bagging him more for due to the fact that they did lose by about 20 points, but it was against a side like Melbourne. I'm actually starting to buy into this a little bit. Like I like what RTS is able to do out on the edge. Reese Walsh is just amazing at fullback. Now I'm not saying he's a better fullback than RTS, but the way it's currently working is good, um, especially because it seems like, and I've heard rumblings of this, that Kamamalo might be getting a release because he wants to go back to New Zealand. Okay. Um, I take it if he wants to go back to New Zealand, well, he's not going to any other club in the NRL, so maybe he might try his hand at rugby. He might he be. Went home last, was he one of the guys that went home last? Yeah, I, I believe he would have been. He was he definitely a against staying there. as a pop plant. <laughs> well, no, he might he might go to the Blues next year and RTS will turn up and go, oh, shit. <laughs> I'll say um, I'm just joking. But as yeah, Johnny well, said my... with Walsh, like he's just fearless. Like he made a couple of mistakes and yeah. they weren't pretty mistakes either, but he just kept coming. He kept throwing that ball. And, Even that um, last try where, try where he got mowed down, he still, able, he still had the wherewithal to put it on the chest out wide. So. Yeah. Garner was the Tigers' best easily, I thought. Um, Brooks was fairly good. But, um, yeah, the outside backs weren't that good. Egan and Harris were the best forwards for the Warriors. Um, Wade Egan's actually really starting to stamp his name at that in the hooker position there at the Warriors. His yeah. form has gone up past couple of weeks. I think the threat of uh, Cody taking his spot while Welsh comes off the yeah, bench has true. kind of given a kick. He's always had the talent. It's just he's never really shown it. Yeah, great. well, at Penrith for a while, I think he had Peter Wallace in front of him for the last couple of years, and then they wouldn't persist with him, and they'll they'll – he was he got obviously, he was, yeah, he did get he injured, did but he was he obviously he was going to be the starting yeah, one. And he was better yeah. than Sione Katawa, but they kept sort of swapping him week in, week out once Egan came back. Yeah, so he, he did really have that Sione faith. Sione Katawa, there's a yeah. <laughs> Well, he didn't have that faith in him, right, from Penrith. So it seems like if you're a second string anything at Penrith and you go elsewhere, you're probably going to be a star. It's just a stacked roster. <laughs> Murphy. There's pretty much a yeah. handful of those in every yeah. game you watch. I was watching, like, over Laurie, the weekend. Aikens, yeah. There's yeah. probably about half a dozen in every NRL game that has come through some sort of Panther system that's playing first grade now and doing it well, so. Well, they've got 4,000 kids. That's so. true. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Plus, plus everything. They've also plus got everything kids out in the country. Of, yeah, plus yeah. everything west of the Blue Mountains. Jack Murty was pretty good, I thought. Yeah. One of his better yep. efforts for the year. Um, Walsh and RTS, we've all already said they were great. Um, the halves are pretty good, but... Um, 
the Warriors' front row was actually really poor in this game. Um, yeah. they, they were extremely poor considering what they've put out for the rest of the year, but their bench made up for it. The blokes that came off the bench covered them and covered them well. So um, I had Reese Walsh with three points. I had um, Torhu Harris with two, and then I tossed up with RTS or Garner for the one. I went Walsh, RTS, and then either Garner or Harris for one. Exactly uh, the same. I went Welsh, RTS, Garner. I'm with you. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, we're an hour into our first live stream. Do you want to have a quick break, boys? Are we all right to play on? Can we just skip the next game, though? No, we want to talk about it. This won't take long. We'll do this game. <laughs> it then won't take long break. at all. all right. well, I, I, I've pretty much just got a bit of a story to tell about this one because I was at the races, and when I came out of the races, one of my mates checked their phone, and they just started laughing. And they were like, the Titans only beat the Bulldogs by 10 points, and I've never before been berated and had the piss taken out of me so much because my team's won. It was because we won by 10 points. Um, but I was a bit tipsy by then and saw that AJ scored the try to win the game, and walking back to the hotel from Rose Hill, I was You've skipped Shit, I was chanting You skipped AJ. the worst game of the weekend, mate. Yeah. <laughs> we talk, we're talking about Sharks, Sharks and Dragons. Sharks Dragons is the next one. And then You're it still was pissed. The, the, the Titans Dogs. <laughs> I forgot. So oh. we're going from the worst. We'll go to the worst game first and then we'll get to the hey, second yeah. worst hey. game after all right. that. So, uh, the Sharks. All right. This is, uh, do the stats and then we'll check. I'm, glad, I'm gl- glad I forgot that game and not an actual good game. Oh, fuck. I almost forget it too. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's been long. Two tries apiece. Two out of two conversions for the Sharks. Zero out of two conversions for the Dragons. Dragons, uh, one out of three attempts for field goal for the Sharks and zero out of two for the Dragons, uh, two out of two penalty goals, 79% completion played 78, 38 out of 48 sets played 35 out of 45, four line breaks played two, 36 tackle busts apiece, eight offloads played six, three forced dropouts uh, for the Sharks and two for the Dragons, zero 40-20s, 341 tackles by the Sharks and 426 by the Dragons. Two ruck infringements played three. Five penalties conceded to four. 11 errors to 13. Uh, two bins by the Sharks and one by the Dragons. Tomlin made 49 tackles. McCulloch with 57. Connor Tracy with 180 metres. And Vaughan with 183. Moylan missed five tackles. Rudolph Townsend and Chambers missed four. Uh, the young winger or centre, Amone, missed seven and made 19. Hunt made missed six tackles. Kennedy got 100 super coach points. Josh Kerr was 76 and Moylan was 69. This was easily the worst game of the year, possibly the last decade. Um, <laughs> this, I, I was right. This was the worst game in the last two years. It didn't have the Bulldogs in it. <laughs> and this might have been worse than anything than that. Um, I'm glad they won, obviously, but they absolutely didn't deserve to win. They had the opportunities to win earlier in the game and win easily, and if they could pass and catch the football, they might have been half a chance, but this was just disgraceful. Um, This was a reserve-grade team playing the half of a reserve-grade team. This was a horrible game of football to watch, and, yeah, I sat through it. (laughs) The only time I got enjoyment was when he actually kicked the field goal uh, after kicking two straight into a bloke that was standing in front of him beforehand. Um, yeah, the Dragons should have won this game. They were the better team for pretty much the whole game. Um, the Sharks were horrible. And with the Dragons only having half a team, they um, yeah they deserve to win this game. Most of their points came with Sharks players in the bin, but um, they could have scored plenty of other times. Tom and Nakora and Graham weren't bad. Kennedy was easily the best. Um, Trindle was only on for 18 minutes, but he made a difference to the Sharks mm. team. He actually picked up their attack there for that 18 minutes that he was on the field. Laurie and Vaughan were outstanding, and McCulloch, they were really strong. They held the Dragons middle together. Um, 
Max Vigo looks like a pretty good player out there on the wing. He Isn't looks it like he's got some. Another name. Another name. Another name. Another Yeah, he looks pretty good. Bird busted his ass in this game. Put everything out there. Um, didn't obviously didn't get the chockies, but he had a pretty good game. Pereira was really good with the ball in his hand. Um, he made about seven or eight tackle busts, I think, at one point. But um, yeah, his defense has got a little bit to um, ask about. I'll leave the points till the end. <laughs> Anybody else? Oli, do you want to tell us why um, you possibly think the Dragons finished top four? Wait, what the hell? Sorry, <laughs> top four. Did you not just see my ladder prediction? Um, <laughs> how can you watch this game and think they'll finish anywhere, anywhere higher than fifteenth and sixteenth? Any of the either of these two teams? Well, I've got Cronulla finishing fifteenth, but the thing is with the Dragons because the dog. I, I know. They, no, well, <laughs> no, well, I think the Dragons still, and it, it'll only be against another couple of sides where I think they'll win. They'll only win like three more games this year, but due to the the four games I won at the start of the year, it'll be enough to keep them around eleventh or twelfth. But the thing is, for me, they do have the pieces there, and it can work. I still think it can work with the players they got there. As you were saying, like young Fee guy coming through looks like a talent. Um, they were the better game against the Sharks here. The Sharks were very poor, as were the Dragons. We also got to take into account a, a bit as well that the Dragons were playing with a weak side. So a full strength Dragon side probably wins that one, I'd say by about twelve. Um Chad Townsend kicked a field goal at the end and that's what won the Sharks the game, literally, and I think and he's dropped, like, and so he should have yeah. been. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, yeah, you, you drop him like maybe two weeks ago, like a few weeks before that, but yeah. they, they that picked the game like where he wins the game. That was the epitome of a bloke not wanting to be there. I think it was six, he had six handling errors, four missed tackles. He's been doing it for the last four weeks. I've mm. been saying it since ever since he signed for he, the Cowboys, he, he's been atrocious. Hey, he's a Newtown Jets fan, wants to play at Henson well, Park. He's a Cowboy. You can yeah. go fuck <laughs> off and go to the Cowboys. Well, I feel, no, I feel like once the Cowboys get this deal done, then they'll turn... To Townsend, and we'll start hearing about that. I think they want to get one in first and then the given other. Given that he's not here this week, I think Sharks might start just going, you know what, go. Yeah. Um, yeah so they should. Yeah. They've got Trindle there. They've got Johnson, Moylan. They've got enough to work with. Johnny, anything? Anyway. Two positives, like you said, with Paul Vaughan and Will Kennedy, they were good. Yeah. I think Paul Vaughan put his hand up and said, Remember me for Origin with that coming around. He's been around. good all year. I, I think he's been brilliant, well, especially yeah, with what's been around him. Yeah. He was considered for me, yeah. I have him I, easy in front of the Saifidi. And Daniel Daniel Safidi individually, I'd argue, has still been okay, just not at his best. Yeah. His halves mix and match never hasn't helped. But Will Kennedy's saved you guys a couple hundred K for next year. He's cemented himself as that number one, stopped you from going on the market. So they were good. And Tolman, seventy one minutes, a million tackles. Just does his job. Yeah, I think every dogs fan could have told you exactly what he would have given you when he came to the Tigers. To he's right? been done it for a long time, hasn't he? It, yeah. it was also yes. good to see Bubba Kennedy have a good game because he started the season really well and we thought, here we go, this is mm. someone who could save Cronulla's season or maybe help them scrape into the eight once again, which I don't think he will. But then he dropped off a bit and I was worried, oh no, this will be his season done. He won't be able to regain that form. It was sort of when John Morris left and then maybe come back next year, but it's good to see him have a good game. Well, even with the Hopefully Sharks this dropping gets, off, gets him back. I think he's only had yeah. one poor game all year and yeah, that was, was last week, four, I think, yeah. or the week but before. I, I'd well, still yeah. argue he's probably but he had no ball. From, and, yeah. 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 Last question uh, before we move on from this game. Uh, Cody Ramsey, fullback, the, the fact they're trying to get rid of Dufty, what, like, did you... Seeing you made you think that's the right call at all? No, well, apparently they're trying to get Hines right, and I'd argue, obviously, we haven't seen as much of Hines as we have as, at, uh, as Dufty, but I wouldn't necessarily say Nico Hines is a sure thing to be a better 
player than Dufty in the long run. It's looking like it, but I mean, I certainly wouldn't give Matt Dufty the disrespect that he's reported. If you put Matt Dufty to Melbourne, it'd be pretty yeah. bloody good. Cody Ramsey would be better off putting 20 kilos on and being a fast back rower and just running straight at blokes because he doesn't yeah. have much. You know, uh, Luke Gar- yeah, Luke Garnett, but he's got no shoulders. He's like, yeah. If you put on 20 kilos, he'd be a good winger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, I, I, what more we can add there? So I had the big mix of, like I just had Candy McCulloch, Vaughan, and um, actually I thought Moylan was all right. In, and you mentioned Tolman in big pot of points, but I don't care. Someone, or we can just give all six points to Mo for the Waker in the next game. <laughs> well, I personally have um, done. All right, six to Mo. <laughs> I had Kennedy, Blake, Laurie, and either Hunt or Josh Kerr for the single point. McCulloch, six, I think, it was sixty tackles, fifty-eight tackles. Or something. But yeah, anyway. Blake, uh, Blake Laurie had massive meters and tackles as well. I think he made Laurie forty and tackles are a and good yeah. front row partner. Two hundred yeah. plus meters. Like just everything was, around him yeah. just kind of falls apart. I feel bad for Josh Kerr. He's a front row player on yeah. the edge. He gets burned every week, but yeah. doesn't stop him doing his job for eighty minutes. So, what are you saying for you? So three, two, one. Throw Kennedy, out Laurie, and um, Kerr. No strong opinions. Kennedy three, and the rest. Okay, well, Kennedy. I personally had. Um, Did you know? Just ask you. <laughs> huh? What? <laughs> this is my podcast. Anyway, come on, talk, I had, <laughs> talk people. Yeah, Kennedy, Vaughan, and then probably McCulloch. Laurie yeah. was better than Vaughan. Okay, can, let's go Kennedy, Vaughan, and then Laurie. No, Kennedy, Laurie, and Vaughan. Sure, Three, sure. two, one. And if you want to hit mute for a second, uh, put up that lovely symbol tone. We'll have a quick four-minute break and be back in a sec. All right, let's keep going for Chill Flow Cool Rooms. Titans, 30. Bulldogs, 20. Uh, tell us some stats, Barney, then I shall wax lyrical. Five tries to four, five out of five conversions for the Titans, two out of four for the Dogs. 85% completion, played 77%. 33 out of 39 sets, played 33 out of 43. Six line breaks apiece. 26 tackle busts, played 25. 14 offloads for the Titans. Oh, hang on. Yeah, there we're back. We've got <laughs> you got it now, too? Kick it off again. Oops, yeah. All right, we're back. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Titans versus it Dogs. It took me an hour to stuff this up. Yeah, this <laughs> game, we can probably... Just leave it on mute if you All right. Well, Titans 30, Bulldogs 20, everyone. Uh, Barney's telling us stats. Five tries to four, five out of five conversions, two out of four for the Dogs. 85% completion played 77%. 33 out of 39 sets played 33 out of 43. Six out of six tackle uh, line breaks. 26 tackle busts played 25. 14 offloads for the Titans, 12 for the Dogs. One force dropout for the Titans. 352 tackles played 358. Six ruck infringements to one. One inside the 10 for the Bulldogs. Four penalties conceded from each team. Ten errors apiece. And one sin bin each. Uh, Rain made 42 tackles. Katoa with 33. Philip Sammy with 260 metres. And Dallin with 211 metres. Kelly missed four tackles and made nine. AJ missed two and made zero. Katoa missed five tackles. Uh, Kotrick with 105 Supercoach, Mo Fodawaker with 102, Sammy with 93, and then Thompson with 92 for the Bulldogs. This was glorious front row destruction from young Mo Fodawaker. Uh, in my opinion, the best prop performance of the year. Uh, everyone reminded me of Fisher-Harris just before, and that's probably right too. But uh, for me, the best of the year, he hoisted the Titans onto his back and he said, yeah. follow me, boys. I don't know how he's been starting a year. I've said it for, for weeks. Uh, he bent the line every time he ran. He hit people every time he tackled. Uh, 
his match, well, I guess the match winning uh, try at the end was just amazing. He did only have to run over a pot plant, but it was just beautiful to watch in action. Uh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And he can have all six points this week. That's all I have to say. Oh, Thompson should get one. Actually, I want to say, I do want to say, I do have more to say about another prop in that if Luke Thompson was at any other club, yeah. we would be talking about him as the best prop in the game because he is a, he's a superstar. It, it's gone unnoticed. I, I hope for his sake that they really yeah. can can well, uh, turn around next year. But he he dragged just as many people. We had more, if not, than Mo did with him. Uh, epic clash. I For the shit game it was, I enjoyed that clash alone. Uh, so, therefore, I enjoyed the game. And Tino back to lock it, a little bit of broken field here and there was great. And it's what we've been calling for all year. And it's where he should be. He can probably play his crash plays from there. He can uh, get a little bit of, of – he can get those sort of 25-metre breaks where he can um, – score a bit further out with loose loose play or, or scrambled markers and that sort of thing. Uh, and I'd have no idea why Holbrook hasn't been doing it, but I hope he keeps doing it. That's all i got to say because everyone else in this field is a waste of space. <laughs> well, with Luke Thompson, I'm pretty sure he's gotten at least one week, uh, one point every week in the Dag Yams. He's been playing really good, but as you mentioned, like if he was playing for a better club, probably would have been mentioned a lot more. I'd say if the Titans named... The lineup that they have for the majority of the year in terms of the forwards, like Mo off the bench and Tano playing at prop, I'd argue Luke Thompson probably could have nearly dragged the Bulldogs to a win if it wasn't for that and wasn't for Mo's dominance. Um, from what I saw um, in the Fox Mini as well, it looked like at least an attack. AJ was back to some semblance of past form, but the thing is for me, his two best games this year. Well, how it looked were against the Bulldogs and the Broncos um, in that loss. So what can that really tell you in a team that should be playing a lot better against those two clubs? Um, the, as I said in my, predict, um, in my predicted letter before, the Titans will limp into the eight. That's how I've got them going at the moment. It's well, if they, if they do this, if they set up this way and have a yeah, I suppose. back, then they're going to beat a few teams is all I'd say. Mm. Uh, I, I do want to actually mention uh, a couple others. Um, Tanner Boyd, probably his best game. I thought he was, well, at least better than Ash Taylor. Um, but just, yeah. you know, he, he was uh, very serviceable as a 5'8", but that it helps when you're following your forwards. Uh, and the, but the Titans' edges are still shit. Uh, and uh, yes, that got showed yes, by, by Kotrick put him, which Kotrick's a good player, but he yeah. just had time to do what yeah. he wanted. He, a lot of their points came along that right side, uh, left side defence, up the Bulldogs' Brian right. Brian Kelly and, yeah. again. Well, the thing is, he's, at least last year and in the past couple of years, we haven't mentioned him much, but he's been like really good for the Titans. He's time. really strong in attack, year, so. man, but in his, yeah. def- his defence, he gets lost. Um, I mentioned yeah. it last week, and I'm probably sure I'll mention it for the rest of the season. Um, well, that's the thing with the Titans' backs. They've proven in the past that they're not as bad as the way they're playing it's almost as if they're thinking well we've got this massive four pack now we don't have to do as much but if they keep playing the way they have been especially the last few weeks of 29 to, uh, 2020 because I'd argue those last five wins a lot of that came off the back of those back five playing really well mm. like they, they could create something special but they're just not showing up the way they used to and again I know they're playing through the middle a lot more the Titans but they're still getting chances out there and they're just not doing much anymore. That was a, a really strong forward clash, as you mentioned. The big names st- um, stepped up with Mo, Tino and Thompson. They were all tremendous. Um, that first try from the, the Titans was quite nice. Slick down that left-hand side and it had Sammy and Kelly involved in it and they um, they kicked back for AJ. It was a very nice try. Um, I thought the, the Dallin try should have been given, to be honest, um, that obstruction yeah. play. Yeah. 
Uh, it happened so far off the ball. Uh, that's one thing that does irk me with that obstruction yeah. play. You you know, you pick the wrong shoulder, but when the bloke's 15 metres away, realistically, <laughs> what's it matter? Yeah. Um, it, after that, the dogs pulled Sammy and Kelly apart down that side, as you mentioned. That's where they uh, a lot of their forward momentum came from and, and a lot of their points. Um, the there was a poor kick chase, which AJ just jumped and ran straight through the guts, and which led directly to a try as well. So it, it sort of comes down to that dog's effort and their sloppy defence in the middle. They did enough to win this game. They just don't have that knockout punch in them, and they they, they probably could have won this game, but they just don't, they can't put turn it into points. There's a bit of what you'd expect from both sides. The Titans, you know, they got points, but they're very leaky at the back. And you know, yep. the dogs will keep trying. So as soon as you open the door for them, they're gonna they're gonna put some points on you because they will kind of wheel their way over the line. But even for how bad they've been, there were a few positives there for the dogs. I think Aaron Shoup in the, the centres, I think on debut was really strong for a 19-year-old. In defence, he had a few strong carries coming out and he's definitely held his own. I think strong enough to at least get a sustained period in first grade before they look elsewhere. Yeah, the other positive is Katoa is not in the team this week. That's a great positive. Ironically, I think the past <laughs> two weeks has been Sione's best two games, which don't say anything at no, all no. because uh, watching him... Uh, and I, I really like Tapine as well. But we'll get to that later. Yeah, he comes back. But um, Kotrick is... Uh, Ch- Chotrich, I think, is how he wants to be uh, pronounced. Uh, he looked like that origin winger that we saw at the Raiders he a couple did. years ago. I mean, he's mentioned uh, Thompson, um, but also Dallin. I think he's he's been yeah. chopping and changing from that one to five, and he's every single week that's changed. But he puts in effort every week, though. That's the minimum that you'll get from Dallin, yeah. and he'll run hard and he'll make your meds from the back, which is at least the minimum that you want. He's a bit scratchy in that final third, linking up with his outside men and kind of helping his halves out a little bit with that playmaking. But he runs hard and he'll punch through a gap, and he's wheeled his way over the line a few times the past couple of weeks. Even though, as you said this week, yeah, yeah, he was he was denied by the video ref. Uh, the gas the gasmeister from PCTC is in the house oh, is for the stream, nice. which reminds me we've got to talk about it at some point. We'll do that in the preview show. Um, thanks, Gaz. Welcome aboard. Um, anything else to add from this game? Uh, really? Not really. We get to the points, I think. Uh, three to Mo, two to Thompson, one to either Tino, AJ, or Kotrick. So I had three to Mo, two to Kotrick, and one to Thompson. Three to Mo and any combination of what you just said makes okay. sense. Mo gets all 12 from this game and the previous <laughs> game. Well, I'd personally, just from the highlights I saw, AJ looked really good. I'm not sure how much the highlights maybe up that, but may, maybe one. It was a highlights performance. Yeah, it was a highlights yeah. performance. Maybe one, I don't know. Just to do a uh, tiebreaker feels. Hold awake, uh, uh, yeah, Kotrick Thompson. Happy with that? Yep. Okay, let's move on. Brisbane 34, knocked over Roosters 16. Barney? Three tries to six, one out of three conversions for the Roosters, five out of six for the Broncos, uh, and one out of one penalty goals for the Roosters. 74% completion for the Roosters and 93% for the Broncos. That's obviously when they play their best. It's when any team plays their best, if you can complete like that. 25 out of 34 sets played 39 out of 42. Seven line breaks for the Roosters, three to the Broncos. 37 tackle busts played 32. Six offloads to 12. Uh, two forced dropouts by the Broncos, one forty twenty from the Broncos. 338 tackles by the Roosters to 290 from the Broncos. One ruck infringement uh, given away by the Roosters, four given away by the Broncos. Two inside the 10 played one. Ten penalties conceded by the Roosters and five by the Broncos. 12 errors to eight, two uh, sin bins from each team. Maskey made 35 tackles, Turpin with 42. Tedesco with 165 metres and David Mead with 232. Walker missed four tackles. Uh, Tupanua and Maskey missed six apiece. 
and Copley made six, missed six, and uh, you, Kelly coming back made 18 tackles but missed five. Uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. with 93 super catch points, Tedesco with 97, and Satili Tupanua with 90. Um, you can go first, Ali. Yeah, Albert Kelly, number one fan club. <laughs> After that, this, like, I thought, okay, he's going to come back, put in a solid effort. That's what I've been saying. Did I mention year. I tipped the draw in the other game? No, the Sharks dragged. You, yeah. you ended yeah. up, but you ended up saying dra- uh, Sharks the thirteen plus. No, I didn't. didn't. You? No, I tipped the draw. Oh, you tipped the draw. You, you tipped the draw, but then afterwards you said Sharks would win. No, I just realised you're about time. to blow your trumpet, and I forgot to play mine. So, <laughs> yeah, but you you tipped a draw in general. You never said after eighty minutes and then the Sharks win. I'm still right. But okay, anyway, okay. yeah, I mean, no, but I honestly thought he'd come in at least give that consistent effort that I've been and going on about all year, and he did. But he. I'd argue he was a bit better than that. Shocking start, shocking start to the game. Mm. But after kicking that 40-20, like he just His pretty much said, I'm, I'm going to be really in control good. here. Like it, it was sort of this, as if he was like, I need this. I need to prove myself again. And I hope he can keep that up for at least the rest of the year. It's going to be iconic, that ear gear he had on. I know he's recently <laughs> had ear surgery, but even once that's healed, keep it on. That can be his new look. But, yeah, no, he, he, he was just really good. And, honestly, it was just sort of a feel-good story seeing him come back to rugby league after all that time out and got on him. thought David Mead was really good as well, someone who, if you play him in his position, is probably going to play all right. I don't know why they were playing him in the centres for that period there yeah, and that they obviously dropped him down to win Manly, but he's obviously proven when you play him on the wing, he's going to be well, a, just, a suitable he winger. He just had a month where he got no ball like that. Yeah, so I thought those guys were good. TPJ as well. Um, for me, three points. He just uh, There's a reason why he's in all of our origin teams and he's just having a, a blinder of a year and I think he can get up to that next level um, in state of origin and I'm looking forward to that. It's good to see Albert Kelly paving the way for Chris Sando's return. Uh, <laughs> John, what do you make of the game? Yeah. The entertainment fact was obviously Radley versus TBJ, and it was a bit weird that they I thought they targeted TBJ because he's one that if you just leave him alone, he's going to coast through the game. You've seen it throughout his career where he can just kind of yeah, just glide through, and he yeah. just kind of does what he needs to, and that's it. But them giving him a lot of attention seemed to f- stoke a bit of a fire up him, and he's just like, all right, I'm taking this on. And he just gave poor Sam Walker an absolute torrid day out on that edge, and he kind of won that battle with Radley and a few of those other forwards on that yeah. right edge for the Roosters' defence. So he tore them absolutely apart. He was brilliant. But also I thought someone that has kind of found himself on the edges a little bit, and I'm not quite sure why it was John Asiata. He came on and a couple of years back, Lani Latu for the Panthers, he was kind of like a ball playing forward where everyone kind of was able to bounce off him. He'd carry it forward, but he'd also get that second phase play for his halves. And that's what, exactly what Asiata does. He came on, I thought he really helped nail the Roosters in their edge. Oh, oh, sorry, in their end. And he just kind of helped put them away a little bit. So, although he was terrific and I hope the Panthers bring him back home. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Barn? I think inconsistencies hurt Asiata a bit, um, yeah. especially the different parts of his career. But, um, yeah, he, he was strong in this one. As you mentioned, TPJ terrorised Sam Walker. And I don't think that if they did leave him alone, I don't think it was going to stop him in this one. I'm pretty sure he was geared up to go from the very start just by that first try. The way that he ran straight over Sam Walker, had another two blokes grab him, and then he pops that offload where they scored that first try. That was um, yeah, that was really good work uh, to do that. 
to your uh, point, though, it's uh, it's the most Walker's been owned since he's come in. Yep. That was he the one. That was the one that, that, that they were saying was coming. Yes. And the, yeah. the worst part was it confused these outside men too because if you look at the next try, it, um, you see Manu looking in, looking mm. in, looking in, going, oh, I need to cover him, I need to cover him, and then yep. they got around him and scored on the outside of yep. him as well. So it, it sort of threw their defence out a bit there. Um, Teddy and Manu actually had to take over as playmakers for a big part of this game because Walker did go missing after being targeted so much yeah. early in this game. Um, and they got the Roosters back in front just before half time, and then a Walker error led directly to the Broncos coming back with that big rainbow yeah. ball that Mead just ran the length of the field and scored. Yeah. So, and that was a massive turning point in this game. Once the Roosters, uh, once the Broncos hit the front just before half time, they came in with their tails up, and they didn't let up in the second half. They were super strong in that mm. second half, and they gave the Roosters absolutely nothing. They just continued up through the middle. Um, the Roosters couldn't keep, couldn't control the forward pack at points in that second half. Lodge and Haas were just yeah. making yeah, well, massive inroads yep. through the middle. Yeah, I think that's more a credit to Brisbane taking him out of their game. I know we talk about mm. how the forward pack took Walker out of the game, but also the Roosters' forward pack, and it's a strong forward pack too. So I guess it's pretty much Brisbane's forward pack playing to their potential because they're usually up there every week, obviously, but, I but mean, it gets one of the better sides least, in the yeah. competition. Yeah, But that one-two punch, they were just one after another and then either yeah. the hooker would jump out or they'd spread it wide and they'd start making some good metres. It was, um, yeah, there was... <laughs> Spectacular in that um, in that back half of for the the second half for the Broncos. As you mentioned, Kelly was really good in his return. I th- I was really impressed with the way he managed the game. His kicking game was brilliant. I think he kicked over three hundred and something well, meters. Um, I remember you saying that at the start of the year when he first signed. I think you said that's his biggest asset that he's got a really good versatile kicking game and that's and exactly showed. what the Broncos need they need to be playing off the back of field position they've got the big guys and if they don't make the mistakes they can pin teams down in yeah. their end and they can make them work to get back down the other end and they, they did everything they needed to in this game and I don't think there was many players out there that missed their job um Satili and Angus were very good. They, you know, they did did what they do. They, I, I think Ang- they last some year, Angus has found, absolutely found origin form, and unfortunately, he's going to be cool in his heels. But he was Rooster's best player, and yeah. Satili followed him. I think at least over the past few weeks, probably been the best second rower or the form second rower I of the game so. with Fafita in and out, because oh, he suspension and kick yeah, been Hargraves consistent. Hargraves and yeah. um, Takiyahu were pretty good in the middle, but they actually got beaten up by um, early on. House, I think so. it's a good. Move this week. Trent Robinson's bringing Togiaho back in the starting side. Obviously, forced with a few injuries and suspensions. But also, but I I th- I think he was still not 100 percent because I yeah, couldn't imagine you can not tell. starting. Yeah, yeah. He's kind of brought he's him on. Ginger, in those... He was still a bit ginger. Last week. Yeah, yeah. That that start, Harson Lodge were just outstanding. That first 20, and it just pinned the hug. Hargreaves, he didn't even realize on the field, which is pretty hard to do when he's on the field. Yeah. Kind of makes himself centre of attention. It's, um, it's and they got it right in the second half too. They brought him straight back on and kept him going yeah. through the middle. Um, the Palacia on his debut, the young fella, he was um, he was really good, and he yeah. looks like a, a bottom dollar cheapie to be buying, especially yeah, coming yeah. in around thirteen. Yeah. For I, think he, I think he played a couple cold games last year, but the debut time we haven't mentioned is Suwali, who yeah. he was. You know, he kind of justified why there was such a kerfuffle to get him in first grade because he was as composed as you could imagine. Yeah. He was errorless. Yeah. He did his job. And he wasn't stuck on the wing to kind of protect him. He was straight in the centres where people were giving him attention in defence. He was getting the ball in attack. and He didn't he, get good ball. That's the only thing. That's, yeah. well, that's the thing. Is he, people ball. are going to hammer like, him for it. I haven't yeah, seen too much. But he, no, he, it's really, he, I, I, he didn't really get the opportunity to set the world alight. He more as a, a um, wide running back rower mm. because yeah. he wasn't, He's big, built yeah. like that. He wasn't yeah. given the positions to be able to put the 
footwork he had the on the one line break where there's no winger outside him and he, he tried to get away. But yeah, I, I think Tyson Gamble. Well, yeah. he did all he could, right? In that side yeah, and the way they were playing, did all he 100%. could. Going back to Albert Kelly, though, I think the biggest compliment you could pay is you didn't know who his 5 8 partner was. No. He didn't no, need yeah. anyone. He well, stood up. And last yeah. time I was on the show, we were saying they've got the makes of a good side. Like me and you, Daggy, wrapped them big time. They've got a good side. Had some good, they've got talent. I actually think they just need a half. Like I said, I. When we did, when I did sat down and did the the um, my top eight, I had them beating teams and beating yeah. teams mm. uh, that will be in the top eight by the end of the year because I th- I don't quite know who it'll be. It could well be Kelly Milford. Who knows? It could well, well be. We'll um, have to see how they go this week. Because since that yeah. first game, Gamble's shown a little more than Mungrel. I, I think he's a he's not not <laughs> yeah. a superstar. He's, he's a just hot a, yeah, that's for sure. Um, I, I mean that in a nice way, Mungrel, but um. If he can control a game and Milford can just be Milford, yeah. then hey, there's something. It's well, something. well, that's what Milford's been crying out for forever. That's yeah. all he wants. He doesn't and, and want Croft wasn't the answer, control. and Eden uh, wasn't the answer. So maybe Kelly's the answer. If it, if Milford only touches the ball four times a half and it leads to six or eight or twelve points, then hey, they're happy. Well, well he looked almost as controlled as anybody over the weekend's football. Yeah. I'd argue managed a game just yeah, as good as anybody. Maybe else. I'm overhyping him, but in terms of a single game this year where one halfback has taken the attack and just carried him. I, I don't know if I've seen as good a performance this year in terms of game controlling a team, maybe in that situation. Nathan Cleary, he's just off in his own. Let's say uh, minus Cleary. I, I, I was going to say Nathan, but Nathan Cleary does it every week. Um, uh, sorry, to change my pot plant. No. Oliver... Uh, <laughs> No, no, but, <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'd say at least one of the better like yeah, performances of, of the course. year, and yeah. I'd argue as well that his return to first grade was better than Gamble's, and Gamble's was really good. Was good. I mean, 100%. if he continues to play like that, like you're talking about Milford, it think of the pressure. Of raps for this yeah, game. Th- think 100%. of the pressure it'll take off Milford. Now I know a lot of people are saying it's just one game, and it is, but I guess the circumstances around it. Definitely heighten it as well, and I'm gonna. I'll, I'll shut up now. I've probably already doesn't, gone way too far. I, I, I don't want to spend more time this game, but doesn't yeah. the fact that Gamble came in and had that wow game behind the Ford pack, and now Kelly's done it, doesn't that speak more for the Fords than um, the half? Like until we see a second and third performance, I. <laughs> I'd yeah, say sort of so. half and up. You definitely need to give props to the Fords there, but I don't think it's solely them. Put it this way, if K- Kelly and Gamble aren't playing in a side that's as dominant in the Fords, then they don't have as good a performance. Definitely not. Anyway, three right. points. Okay. Yeah, Tavita Pengua Jr. Yep. for three yep. points. Teddy for two. And I had um, either Angus Crichton or Albert Kelly for one. I had Haas in the mix for one as well, but uh, I'm fine uh, to go either way. I'd go... TPJ, Crichton, and Lodge. Kelly. I have Lodge in the mix. I I, I think just yeah. through my Lodge own, and Hass were tremendous. Yes. Through, through my own, I guess maybe bias. I forget about him, but he was out, he was outstanding on the weekend. And I think. Well, I don't think he's had an amazing he, year. This was if, a really good game. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But last year he was okay too. Um, okay, three to three to TPJ, two to Crichton, Crichton, one to uh, one of the Queensland props. You reckon? Yeah. Or you've just Do talked that. about Albert Kelly for seven. Okay. No, well, the fact that I've talked about him for so long, but maybe I think we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look somewhere else. Yeah, Lodge uh, or Hass? Uh, it'll probably Hass. Go Hass. I go yeah. Hass. 
It was yeah, it was outstanding. Storm thirty four defeat of the Raiders ten. It was ten nil Canberra early on, before the fade has kicked in. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, you can do some stats. And yeah, two tries to six, one out of two conversions. Played five out of six. Sixty nine percent completion by the Raiders. Eighty percent for the Storm. Twenty five out of thirty six sets. Played thirty three out of forty one. One line break for the Raiders. And six for Melbourne, 250 post-contact metres plus for the Storm over the Raiders. <laughs> massive, massive numbers. 222 uh, tackle bus played 34, 13 offloads played 19, two forced dropouts for the Raiders, three forced by the Storm. 372 tackles played 310, three ruck infringements to four, one inside the t- inside the 10 for the Storm, three penalties conceded to five, 12 errors by the Raiders, seven by Melbourne. Zero bins in this game, no sin bins. Hey. Uh, I messaged everyone throughout the game and said, hey, it's not like it, it's almost like it's not that hard. <laughs> and no one yeah. even came close, really. I know the intensity probably was second gear compared to the East game, but like... Yeah, we're in Ira with 44 tackles, Eisenhuth with 35, Simmonson with 129 metres, Nico Hines with 206, Starling missed seven tackles, Williams missed four, and Whitehead missed six. Olam made six tackles and missed seven, <laughs> and a night out, Justin Olam. Um, Cheese missed four, Supercoach points, Nico Hines with 138, Cheese with 106, Nelson Asofa Solomona with 89, with and another two players before you got down to Hawira Naira on 69 for the Raiders. Um, this was a, this reminded me of the game we watched the other Melbourne game. Um, where it was, it was against Easts, where basically Bellamy would have gone in at full at half time and gone, right, you big fuckers, you all start running start forward. Start running straight, would you? Because uh, that's yeah. what happened, and then they just started owning him. Uh, I, Nelson did what Nelson does. His whole job in life is to run those crash plays. He did it well. Uh, I thought Cheese's delivery was outstanding for it all to turn it around. I think it was Cheese's well, best game. Yeah, well, he I sort of all. played, you, you'd go back to that Storm Roosters game in that second half, he sort of played the Harry Grant role in a way. He's I don't think he's been forward. fit all year and I think finally he's fit and he's just getting, keeping, I know was, it, there was those two games where he looked like we thought he was crook, but Yeah, uh, second and third round or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Kamakamika is just, he's a prospect, he's outstanding. Yeah. He's another massive um, human that way. Big human and did, well, how many metres he make? He was uh, 160 or something? 181 yeah, metres. Which is tremendous to go with his thirty-four, uh, to go with or oh, twenty-four tackles, um, but just um, a very clinical performance in the end. Nico, as we've said, uh, would be probably fullback at eleven Eight other clubs, clubs in, the, clubs. in the in the uh, NRL. Mm-hmm. Um, could write. His, he's probably going to write his own check next year. Good luck to him. Uh, what, uh, Johnny? What's your thoughts? And, and what do we do with Canberra now? Like, just forget about him. Yeah, I think you've got to put a pencil through them. <laughs> They've got a lot of problems. Obviously, with the George Williams stuff coming through, they've dropped Hubson Young, who I thought was a very good performer from early in the season. I don't know what's happened there. To dropped justify. him a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a weird one. I you love. Know, you know their problem is, is they have 27, they have a roster of 30 and 16 are back rowers. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, we'll get rid of him this week. And they turn a lot of guys who aren't back rowers into back rowers as well, yeah. so, which doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, it's a weird Losing Nickel Clocks, that is huge. Losing Rapana is huge because those two boys do a stack of work coming out of their half to help their forwards kind of get that role. But even still, Caleb Bacon has come through and done well. And those a winger and a fullback don't help your defence. Yeah. When they concede one, they concede two, they concede three, and then it just crumbles from there. Mm. When you saw the, all the outs for Melbourne before the game, I thought Raiders are sneaky, and they started well. You started like a, a Raiders team that you've seen over the past couple yeah. of years. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they just 
they lost one and it was just like, oh, crap, here we go again. You could just see it in them. They were just like, yeah. that's it. We're, we're four points in front of Melbourne. That's not enough. And yep. it was just kind of like they didn't build on that platform they started to, and, to win that game. But, and they don't have anyone in this team that's going to grab them all and just go, wake up. Like, even the Tigers have Tamo. Like, yeah. for better or worse, grabs him and just goes, look, wake the fuck up. Well, that's, that's I'd argue Hodgson should job. be doing that, yeah, but he's pissed off as well. Yeah. Yeah. White and we don't know. I don't think he's that necessarily that kind Cro- of Croker. player. Croker's not Croker. Papa Lee yeah. was out. White was out. Papa Lee adds a lot to that full I, pack. I guess he he's pretty much their big middle man. They, they struggle for front rowers. Um, when you've got Gouler and Dynamis Louis starting for you, you, you know, there's a lot better front row um, rotations in the comp than those yeah. two. At this yeah. point, I... I hate to be that guy's bagging on the coaches, but at this point, the only way Canberra are going to get some semblance of improvement, it seems, is if they sack Ricky Stewart. They obviously don't want to play for him. The whole George Williams situation, what he came out and said on Twitter last night, obviously backs that up. He's had a, a good stay at Canberra, a good few years. I know people say we don't like to blame the coach straight away, but what's easier, sacking 27 pissed-off players who at their best are some of the best players in the game or getting rid of the coach they're not happy with. You get rid of the coach they're not happy with, maybe bring someone in better or someone that's going to suit their style a bit more like a Shane Flanagan that you brought up, Barney. But, I mean, at this point, that's the only answer for me. You have to get rid of Ricky Stewart because they've got a really talented roster, but they just don't want to play for him. Seems to be going down that path. But, yeah, the the Raiders were dominant for 20 minutes. They were actually well and truly in front for that first 20 minutes. And then, as Adrian alluded to, after about half an hour, Someone sent the message down and gone, oh, you blokes need to start running through the middle because you're getting beaten up in the middle by this pack and you shouldn't be getting beaten up <laughs> through the middle. And, um, yeah, that was basically all over from there. Um, yeah, the crash ball through the middle and then that Scott no try, I thought, was a bit of a turning point as well. They, mm-hmm. they could have scored that try in that corner. You know, obviously it was never a try. He dropped the ball before he got there. But yeah. if that turns out a little bit different, it was actually get your tail up. his best game for them. It was probably his best game for the Raiders this year. He's played well. He played pretty well last week as well. Um, he seems to be getting back into a little bit of form. But, um, yeah, the Storm just went into grind mode for the next probably... 20 to 30 minutes and just owned it through the middle. Um, Nelson scored a couple of sneaky tries next to the post and it was all pretty much over from there. Uh, we were in Iowa was probably the Raiders' best. That's um, been for a while. He's yep. been the one that stood up in that back row and he's quite, he's his ball playing and hole running on that right edge has really helped and it pretty much created that Curtis that uh yeah. that Scott Scott chance that he yeah. missed out. But yeah. that Melbourne side, you go there one to seventeen and who came in for who. If that happened at any other club, I'll yeah. include Penrith in that. They do not come in with well, within QE of anybody. Just looking through Probably a team now. Not, no. Two things. The first twenty minutes the other thing about the first twenty minutes is they had no fifth tackle option. Like yeah. no one actually knew who was, was supposed to be about kicking. To get to that. Yeah. Which uh, makes sense when you look until, at their six and yeah, seven. Until and Nico, uh, Cooper and Nico Sedoni. But I, I do think they've now reached the bottom of the like not that they're they're I'm sure they're very good footballers in their own right, but your Cooper Johns, your your Lorios and your Booths, they're just players now. Like they're not they're not your cheese substitutes, they're yeah. not even your Nicos coming in, you they're not even your Riley Jacks. They're now the the also runs and and you wouldn't want to go too much deeper. I just had a thought, but you're gonna mute me, so don't worry. Go on, go. On. You gotta say it now. Jared Mullen. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um <laughs> I'm surprised you say Chris Sander. Um Well they've got Mullen in the system, so but we, I mean, I'm taking. We've the, wrapped, I'm taking. Know, the piss. We, we've wrapped. Um, what do you mean they've got Mullen in the system? Mullen's playing for the Sunshine Coast Falcons. Oh, okay, right, 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 right. Is that where Israel's headed? 
Who's he Israel. Got? No, he's mm-hmm. playing for whoever Clive Palmer owns. One of the they're <laughs> an A grade team or in the BRL. Pretty or sure something. I heard the QRL turned out today pay, and said well, they're not gonna. Well, here's the thing: the, the, the Catalan Dragons have got a. Um, KB, yeah, except except that he plays overseas yeah. or something as well. Yeah, they got right. something there. So, oh well. Uh, the other last thing I mean, uh, well, Nico Hines we mentioned, but the other one I mentioned ever since uh, Seb Chris got guaranteed a first grade spot, he missed six tackles again and <laughs> made seventy meters. And um, I guess he's a case of hey, now I've got a spot. He just wants to be like his hero, Jared Croker. Yeah, the storm set up that platform, and then they started to go to the edges. And uh, yeah. Williams was. Pretty good for the Raiders, considering they've booted him out the door this week. <laughs> Simmonson and um, Scott were probably the best of the outside backs for the Raiders, but there wasn't much going on in that team. Cheese was super strong, as we mentioned, Naz as well. And the rest of their pack was really good. But um, then the, the worst part is you look at the other side with Olam and um, Josh Adekar, they barely touched the fucking ball, did nothing. Like <laughs> They could have scored another 20, 30 points if they went the other yeah. side. Oh, if Jerome Hughes uh, plays, it's probably 64. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Nico Hines, three points. Nelson with two and um, Brandon Smith with one. I had Cheese, three. Okay. Yeah, Hines and Cheese, three or two. And, and probably Nelson, one by default. Yeah. I thought oh, Cheese we'll was... We'll go with you. Uh, yeah. That was Cheese's best game. I'm happy with that yeah, combination. Cheese was yeah, tremendous. They were my three players anyway. All uh, right. Penrith 56 defeated <laughs> the Bunnies uh, 12. And Barney, do you want to read what I wrote right now? Myths. Yes. Um, tell no, us I, I still had South fans saying there's still a chance. You said, I, I asked in the chat, sorry to interrupt, <laughs> um, you know, what's their excuse going to be this time? And Barney said, oh, they'll probably say Cam Murray. There was genuinely someone who said <laughs> Cam Murray had so much to this team. Yeah, he's going to turn that around he's and gonna, South win. Like, come on. And, yeah. <laughs> South 12, Penrith 56, two tries to nine, two out of two conversions played eight out of nine. Oh, he missed one. Two out of two penalty goals. <laughs> His first one. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. 78% completion played 89%. 25 out of 32 sets played 39 out of 44. Again, 190 post-contact metres in the forwards is massive. Two line breaks to nine. 28 tackle bust to 37. 10 offloads for each team. One force dropout for the Souths and two for Penrith. Zero 40-20s. 341 tackles made by Souths compared to 236 for Penrith. Four ruck infringements to two. 12 penalties conceded to eight. Six errors apiece. Cook with 51 tackles. Coruscant with 35. Gay Guy with 151 metres. And Brian To'o with 219. Mansour made six tackles, but he missed five. Uh, Sewer and Knight both missed five. And uh, Walker, Gay Guy, Latrell, they all missed three. There was yeah, plenty of blokes missing tackles. Capewell actually missed six as well, mm. which is unusual. Uh, Cleary made 190 supercoach points. Burton with 123. Brian To'o with 101. Four other Penrith players before you got down to Cody Walker with 52. Well, I told you <laughs> Souths were myths. Um, Long before we agreed, I think, as well. So kudos to you. But they their forward pack got just completely smashed. They don't um, have a forward pack. <laughs> no, they, don't, they actually don't have a forward pack. I've said from And they've dropped to, like, I don't think they know who their forward pack is now. From um, the start of the season, you look cool. at their forward, they don't have one. It's Tom Burgess, it's Tom Murray Burgess. and Arrow. And but you look at it. how they win games, they need to play fast. So yep. that their backs can get on top. Oh, cool them a tonguey. Goes all right. Their backs also, also sort of have to own the game for them to win as well. Like we saw That's how big. dominant Latrell was at the start of the year and Walker would chip in with a really good game or two. It seemed yeah. like they were sort of riding those guys. Keep going, Johnny, because I think I'm going to go along the same points that you're going to make. But the way they win games is they need speed to make up for their lack of power and punch through the middle. Yep. And when they don't have that, which they're not going to have against the top three sides, then you essentially just put a line through them straight away. Yeah. 
Because at the start of the season, you look at them going, who, who are they going to beat in a finals game? When you've got something tight and tense and you're fighting for field position, who are they going to beat? And they're you, not going to run over Melbourne. They're not going to run the, over You know the game Parham. they showed themselves up was the Canterbury game. Yeah. When they got dragged down to Canterbury's level in yeah. a four. It's just that Canterbury didn't know how to score any points. But it, that Walker lost his head. Mm. Um, they got dragged into an arm wrestle they didn't like. Next week, Tigers should have beaten them. Got dragged in an arm wrestle they didn't like. Uh, and ever Titans. since then, uh, and Titans, Titans, same Titans thing. did the same thing. Uh, and and they've, you know, I, I know people say, I'm sure South fans will say, and they might jump in here, but um, you don't accidentally win games. But like they got out of jail yeah. in probably six games in a row. Well, the next and I know four or five two. weeks, they might absolutely steamroll somebody. But well, it's and, and, they, and they have enough talent. To do well. The thing is yeah. with South as well, their past five games they've conceded 20 points each game. Like okay, maybe Penrith and Melbourne, you can understand, but. The Titans games included in that. The Sharks games included in that. They should not be allowing those teams to be scoring more Mm. than 20 points in a game. And I know, Barney, because I asked you, you said you couldn't find any specific stats to back that up. But, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Like, they're going to concede at least 20 against Parramatta next week. Win or lose, I'm tipping it's Parramatta. Mad- they're at least it's going complete to complete madness yeah. that Parra aren't favourites. Well, the, the thing, the thing not, is, to, no, oh, like they'll win to them <laughs> comfortably. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Well, their leaky side is the right hand side, as yeah. you said. I, mm. I did go back through the stats for the last probably seven or eight weeks, and it's Mansour, Campbell, Graham on that right hand side. That's where they do leak a lot of points. Um, they're coming against a Parra side that is stacked on that left edge yeah. as well. So the only problem is that on the other side, you got Wackers who's going to try and make yeah. tackles as well. But yeah. we'll get to that later on. I think going into Adding to that, I think another game where they expose themselves a little bit into what we're saying is that win against the Roosters, they needed to start as quickly as they did. They ran out and just put on like four or yeah. five tries in a row. And was it the last 20 minutes even that when Kiri was, was off? They sort of, the they dropped but off a little bit. Was it, it was the last 20 and Kiri was off for that. That's it, so, yeah. yeah. They've got no forward pack at all and they needed to start strong in this game and they just couldn't and it was game. It was like your big brother holding your little brother at bay with his palm. It was yeah. kind of like that a little bit where they just never got back into it they, as many They need to complete really well and yeah. low errors to be in games with the higher teams and as soon as that doesn't happen, yeah. And, and this is the thing, where it, this is the only concern, as much as I love Latrell, is that he when, when East are on the ropes, Teddy drag, will try and drag them out. Mm-hmm. When South's on the ropes, Latrell... He's happy to sit around and he was still one of their betters. And he was when he's got the ball in hand, he's still capable of doing Latrell things, but he's not going to. He doesn't do that extra. He's not going to make a tackle break on the seventy meter line, yeah, and run forty and put uh, gay guy over the try line. It's but close. Yeah, Latrell is an absolute freak, and as I said, I pick him over everything else. But he's that's where they get shown up. I actually have a concern that Bennett might leave this South Club in a in a state where. Take him a few years to recover. Well, hopefully, the lucky thing is yeah. a lot of teams suck worse. But yeah, well, um, the thing is with Souths as well, they're not really going to go through a bad period where they lose, let's say five in a row, like Canberra, because at least in the next few weeks they'll they'll lose to Para. But you Dream can't you, you can't see them losing those next few games. But the big thing is for them, for me at least, is to shore up that defence and hold some teams to score lines that they should be holding them to, so that next time they come up against a big team like a Para or a Penrith again, they don't get 56 points scored yeah, against and, them. And even, like, even their best forwards, say, say you, you were saying Colomitungi, Burgess and um, Arrow are their best forwards, they're not going to make Jack Javojevic level tackles. They're not going to no. make 45, oh, 50 tackles. Murray and Arrow are capable of it. Uh, so, yeah, but, Murray but, is. But I'll but, say those strengths with all of those players are probably an attack too, like busting through the middle of the line. They're not bad defensively, but again, they're, their high points and what we usually praise them for is their attack. 
Oh, but attack always gets the praises yeah. over the defence. Yeah, Luke. isn't it? All right, and we, we've got this far for a team that's won by 50 and haven't talked about the winners. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nathan Cleary's Tenor. a freak. Uh, he's, he's the best player in the comp, if not the boys' well, best halfback in the comp, if not the best player in the comp. Um, we mentioned Mo earlier, earlier, but Fisher-Harris is the best prop in the comp. They've arguably got the best 5-8 in the comp in a, a very weak pool at the moment with Munster injured. And they've got um, – and Burton's now in a conversation for best centre in the comp, the way he's playing. This team it's has to incredible. win a premiership. Like, they are that They have to they are that their good, toe to, to, to yeah. lose. I, I can't remember a more dominant – and I, I grew They up would beat that Parramatta team in 0-1 yeah. easily. Like, I'm saying it now. They yeah. are the best well, regular yeah. season team. In NRL era history, and the first time I argue was ever. the Green Machine, and that would yeah. be a cracking contest. If yeah. it, under the current rules, that would be an absolute ripper. But yeah. well, like Ollie said last week, this was just Penner like playing with their food for this entire yeah. game. Well, no, I thought like, that it'd be a relatively close game because Penrith had let it be a close game for a right. while, but Penrith just thought, no, nah, we're not going to play with our food. We're going to munch. The game was done in 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, Walker and Cook were the best for Souths, but they were just okay. Like, the Penrith pack dominated the Souths team, but there was no standouts either. Like, yeah. there's just every player just turned up and did their job, and they dominated this pack easily. Um Kick out with five tackle busts. Capewell with four tackle busts. Like, but can uh, even Capewell's speed? Like, he, yeah. He had speed and open field. His footwork and ability to run a line yeah. is just. He's a centre in a back rower's body, but um, he's taken that on. Where's he at? Because there was rumours of him going back to Queensland. <laughs> yeah, he won't fit under the cap to stay at Penrith, but yeah. he's definitely making sure he's earning as much money as possible. But even below those guys, obviously you've got the top tier in like Fish and Kicks and Capewell, but Scott Sorensen's come in the past couple of weeks. He's made sure to give him minutes in the lead up to the finals. He's been ten- sensational yep. doing Eisenhuth's his job. Eisenhuth's gone there, been great. Eisenhuth, yeah. Spencer Lenu's been terrific. Obviously, he had a few um, offers in the off-season from Melbourne. Yeah. Um, but he chose to stay and yep. it's kind of justified. Those guys have come in. Obviously, Liam Martin came in. You, you lose Leota, you put Liam Martin, who's height-wise the smallest prop surely in the game. And mm. even he came through and he played terrific for 50 minutes or whatever mm. it was. So yeah. this, there's obviously that sprinkling of talent and elite talent in that Panther side from 1 to 17. but Sorry, from 1 to 13. But it's those guys that fill the gaps around them that let them do their job every yeah. single week. That's just – I mean, Paul Monorowski was missing for a month, probably a month, six weeks. Yeah. He came in. He did his job perfectly as well. Obviously, Matt Burton, who is probably the smoky for for that New South Wales side, yeah. that yeah, number 14 well, jumper. Burton with three tackle uh, – three line – Three line breaks, a try assist, and a hat trick. Like, what do you fuck, man? And yeah. as you said, Cleary, absolute masterclass. Two tries, two try assists, five tackle busts, two line breaks, a line break assist, four hundred and fifty kicking meters. Like, fucking, just absolutely dominant in everything that he did. Yeah. Um, Matungi was the best South's best forward, but yeah, um, Benji zero minutes, which. Um, I thought Wayne explained pretty well. You can't tackle. Yeah. We weren't tackling, so I wasn't going to put him out yeah. there. <laughs> you want to embarrass him. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Mansour tried hard, but he got exposed down that side. He got a try and seven yeah. tackle busts, but... It seemed to me like Mansour... He missed five tackles was, and the error. He was directly he, led to two or three he, different tries. He was too hyped up to be he was pretty his own club, up. and he wanted yeah. to make that statement that just... And he just yeah. did not... Yeah. At all. That no, was Cleary for three, Burton for two, and Capewell or Fisher Harris for the single point. Yeah. I go Capewell personally. Yeah. 
Uh, shout out for Brian Toy. We haven't mentioned him, yeah. but another performance where he runs over 200 metres. Yeah. He's just, he's absurd. And no, we, we don't give him points unless he gets us rounded now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's, he's, he's got, got that standard. Kick our capable of fish, so yeah, capable, I guess. Capable of Capable, yeah. sure. How, yeah. I'm sorry to Hello. worsen your woes as a Sharks fan, but how did Cronulla let him go? Like, it wasn't like they were in a bidding war with Penrith. Filthy, they allowed, <laughs> at the end of 2019, they allowed him to become a free agent, and he was a free agent when Penrith signed him. Like, there wasn't even a bidding war or anything. Cronulla was just like, all oh, right, 18th man for Queensland. Which he but was, he was at the time. The wing. Just go. Like he was in the wing, he didn't know where to put him. But he was playing yeah. back row. Yeah, it was yeah, back row. Yeah. Started, bit, started, bit of the same that he was doing for us, but he's kind of cemented that right at his spot. But yeah. another one was Sorensen. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe no, but he in, in that same in that same moment. But he's grown he retired from the Sharks and then you brought him out of retirement. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Well, glad he came back. Amazing, like, <laughs> amazing <laughs> what good culture does. Are you going to Apparently, he's but these boys chuck him chuck for any sort of half decent back row or into that fucking squad, and they're going to look like they're going to look the good. But th- for me as well, with Kate, well, Sorensen was always a good player. Yeah, Capel yeah. was playing well at Cron- like was yeah, one was, of Cronulla's yeah. better players as well. So that was just a surprise. Maybe maybe cap issues, whatever. That's all I could really the put it down been to. A fucking basket case. Yeah, Seagulls twenty eight defeated the Eels six. Um, it was a tough game for about twenty. minutes. I didn't see all of this. I was leaning out of ducking out of Cricket but mm-hmm. first twenty minutes looked quite tough. And then every time I ducked back, Manly was scoring. Um, <laughs> Stats barn, and then uh, Johnny can tell us about what he thinks about this game. Yeah, right, yeah. So we had one try to five, one out of one conversion, played four out of five, 81% completion for Parramatta, 78 for Manly, 35 out of 43 sets, played 32 out of 41, four line breaks for Parramatta, eight by Manly, 36 tackle bus, played 41, 14 offloads to 16, one force dropout by Parramatta, uh, two inside the 10 for Parramatta, three for Manly. Eight penalties conceded to seven. Ten errors played 12. 326 tackles played 330. Both team had two sin bins. Um, I didn't mention the game before either. South Penrith, zero sin bins in that game. Um... South didn't get the opportunity to tackle him high. <laughs> Mahoney with 35 tackles, Croker with 45, Gutherson with 197 metres, and Tommy Turbo with 323 metres. Blake missed six tackles, made 15. Sivo missed four, and Paulo missed five. Kepi missed eight tackles, and Olakatu missed six. <laughs> Uh, Supercoach Turbo with 159 points, Ruben Garrick with 129, and Papa Lee with 98. I tipped Manly, but then I saw Schuster moved into the six, and I thought, oh, I'm not too sure, but he was silky. And for a big man, that's that's a massive rap. His control, his skill, his soft hands. There was a period in that game where he put Carl, Carl Loughton, Lauren, yep. in a gap. And they're all looking at Turbo and going, oh, crap, now we have to worry about the inside man. And then the very next play, he goes, oh, here you go, Turbo. And Turbo runs away and puts Brad Parker through the gap. And from there, you could see Fergo and um and Wonga Blake on the inside just going, we don't know what to do. Like, we've got no idea. So I thought, as terrific as Turbo was, I thought Schuster was the best on the park. He was absolutely sensational building off that forward pack. And it's something that we you guys have said on the show before, that, that mainly forward pack is better than what people give it credit for. Paseka, Tapao, Kepi, um, look, Lauren was actually really good coming into that side. And Jake Chaboy, which, like I said earlier, his brother's come back and he's gone, oh, crap, here we go. Like, let's turn it on. And he's been sensational for the past month, six weeks. So, oh, look, he was kind of got shocked a little bit at how good Manly were. And from that point, they were like, Manly were just like, oh, crap, we know how good we are. And this is a real proper test where they got into a grind with a certified top four side and gone, we can actually do this and just played their footy and just ran over them for yeah. 60, 70 e- minutes. Eels will springboard off this 
Uh, not eels. Uh, Manly or Springboard mm. off this and be better for for beating the eels. Yeah, and. Um, they, I agree with everything you said. You've summed it up quite well. Ruben Garrick was absolutely outstanding on the yeah. wings. The only other one I'll mention. Um, I think you're a top four team. It's amazing that six weeks ago, Desi didn't have a job. <laughs> uh, this was pretty much a shutout, man. Like, um, I know it was mm. close there for you know, 15, you know, 20 it's minutes. the first time Parramatta but, have had to chase this year, and yep. they did not like chasing. So Manly Does was, that, sorry to interrupt, does that worry you? Yeah, well, they, it, I was against you guys, a couple other teams, I if think they. That well, it's Parramatta. Yeah. We saw this. This is where Parramatta were last year, and we've all said this is a better Parramatta team than last year. Is it about to be the same Parramatta team as last year or not? A question for you guys as well. I I have concerns. So do I, but I yeah. don't think they'll be chasing too many games this year against Well, and they do, have a, they do nearly have it almost as good Their forward pack's yeah. good enough to bully a lot of teams, so it'll get them through a lot, a lot of teams. Nathan Brown doesn't like getting bashed himself. There's a few <laughs> blokes of that that... And in fairness, Brown was pretty good here, but he was. doesn't yeah. like getting bashed. RCG's out this week. Uh, Madison's got to get through the season. He's just re-signed, actually. has been down a little bit, but they've got a couple of younger guys coming through there as well. Um, but, yeah, as I said, Manly were in front for pretty much start to finish in this game and pretty much most position on the field. I don't think there was many Parramatta players that you would have picked ahead of a Manly player out of this game. Um, maybe Papa Lee, that's about it. He was the best player on the field. Mm. Like, i I've got a question for you, boys. Compare Tom Opechek's performance to Wonga Blake's performance this week. <laughs> yeah, well, and cheese. Blake. So we all flagged it coming back, um, Waka Blake. We all yeah. Oh, as soon as as up. soon as he went out, we all said we he all, shouldn't come back. Yeah. Into this team. Uh, yeah. Well, well it's crazy. Yeah, he, and for he the was, fact he's been named this week, like Parramatta fans are tearing down their social media pages. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand it, but my God, I didn't name him Pot Plant this week. But what what was the? Uh, he was good. I penciled him in for Pot Plant and go. Oh, surely you can find something. Fifty nine meters. Uh, what do you have? We'll get to it. Yeah, go. <laughs> to answer your question, Barn, I missed tackles. I picked yeah. Opacek for Origin, and I think Wonga Blake should be playing reserve. But Nick Corey's been absolutely yeah. outstanding on that other edge. I think it, the problem with Nick Corey and Wonga. Is that you look at the? You can't pick one guy. But the the problem for a coach is you look at the back end of the season and you go, I can't play any Corre against the speed of Manly, Penrith, and Storm in the finals game. You just can't. Because those boys are going to step around and go, we're going to target you and we're just going to play around you. And what Wonga does have is speed and physicality. But, but it was so funny. At, to the detriment first, the first of try, that entire run. I, well, I sent the message. The first try was, oh, we've missed you on when he just stood him straight up and went <laughs> yeah. straight through. And it was, oh, there's Wonga. Wonga yeah. There's times there where Wonga Blake was 20 metres away from Ferguson, who was holding his side yeah. Like, yeah. You can't be that far <laughs> yeah. away from yeah. your winger, man. Like, and that's why like, we spoke about the Tigers. So whose fault is it? It's communi- in a, it, particularly when we've seen it works, it must be a communication. Yeah. And he's not quick enough to cover that much ground yeah. to get out there. So yeah. like, he's ha- quick. But and having the youngster and Jacob Arthur on the right edge as well yeah, doesn't, doesn't help, help things yeah, as well. Yeah. But you said Cody Ramsey put 20 kilos on his back row. Wonga Blake put 20 kilos on your back row. Like, mm. If you want to run the now. ball, yeah, if you want to run the ball and punch through a gap, by all means, do it because he'd be great at it. Don't be a back mm. row, yeah. But don't be playing right centre and, and you've you got Fergo there screaming for the ball for 80 minutes going. And then you could have a front something. rower on either side and yeah. it helps your defence as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, even though it was close for 20 minutes, Manly just looked the stronger team from yeah. way to go, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to say? Well, uh, I was going to say at this point, I don't even know how Fiji can justify picking him at the end of this year. <laughs> probably, there's probably a couple better players playing for the Silk Tails in Ron Massey Cup. Um, but anyway. Eddie Gibney's here. Sorry? Or is he PNG? Eddie Gibney. Eddie Gibney, he's PNG. PNG well, sorry. is Maratha Niakori Fijian? He might replace, he might replace him. He might replace him. 
I in thought the World Schuster, Cup, so, as yeah. you mentioned, was really silky. His ball skills are really good for a, a mm. big guy, and he's always had raps as being a six rather than a back rower as well. So, yep. um, looks like it could be somewhere that he could jump into with uh, four and out for a while. So, yeah. um, Brad Parker also deserves a rap. He's been terrific on that. He's, I spent a long time looking at bringing him to Supercoach this week. He's that perfect foil. If you've got the speed of Garrick who can find the line and you've got the ball playing of Schuster and Turbo, you need that steady centre who, yeah. who can run a line, draw attention, but he can also link around them and play around them and be the decoy. So I thought he was terrific and he's off contract yeah. as well. So he's probably going to earn himself a bit of money in the well, season. 2019, Ruben Garrick, Brad Parker, arguably the two diamonds in the rough, the two breakout players that mm. season who were instrumental, I'd argue, in Manly finishing where they did in the top eight. Yep. They both dropped right off in 2020. They did. So if they can get back to form now, which they have been the past few weeks, that's a huge plus for Manly. Um, I just wanted to bring up, I guess, the intangible here for Manly. Obviously, with the passing of Bob Fulton, like... I obviously found out about the news. I was gutted as he's someone I know as a an immortal. But about half an hour later, I was thinking, I was thinking, Manly can't lose this game. Like they just can't. Supposedly, that the, the story was that Schuster was well. Yeah. Bozo mm. found Schuster. He would have found a lot uh, of them. And he apparently, told told the family that there's no way we're losing today. Like. Yeah, he rang well, the son apparently, or messaged the son before Scott, the game, yeah. saying, yeah. "I'm going to have a, a ball terror well, for you, Dad." The, the, and, yeah. the yeah. thing is, too, with Manly, we got to realise with Bob Fulton, you could argue there are other players who were better than him to put on the Manly jersey, but he is Manly. He's played in Premiership winning sides of Manly. He's coached them to a Premiership, like on the board. He is Manly. I know, but I'm just saying he's so much more than just a great player for Manly. He's arguably their greatest coach, their greatest board member. And and is everything. see that given what the Tigers did for Tommy Rionicus. And the way Schuster combined with DCE and Turbo as well. Like they just seemed like a natural combination. They all worked really well with each other. Yeah, I can't see it either. I'll give Manly one more rap. Eels took off Reid Marnie with 20 minutes to go, 20, 25 minutes to go chasing that game. I don't think you would have seen that yeah. even if Panthers or the Storm were tailing them up. They he wouldn't take Reid Marnie off. He was pretty gassed. Yeah. <laughs> he was For Brad Arthur to tired. go to that drastic measure to try and yeah. scrimmage something to get into the game. Lachlan Croker, just to mention the other nine, um, at the start of the year, everyone was screaming for his head, didn't want him in the team, and he's actually starting to grow really well into that nine position. He's Terrific. doing his job, making 40-odd mm-hmm. tackles and yeah. um, not making a lot of mistakes. He could work, like, obviously needs a little bit of work on his passing game, but it's, it's going really well. Um, Kepi and Tapao, as you mentioned, is Andrew all Ewell. good. Trev's, uh, Trev Smith's been banging on about Kepi for two years. So he has, and um, he's grown in the last three or four weeks. He's um, come on leaps and bounds in the yeah. last three or four yep. weeks. He's been super strong. Mm. Um, Jake was good. With Lawson and Sipley, I thought Sipley was going to get sent off at one point there. Yeah. But there was about ten minutes <laughs> where he just put the angry head on, and yeah, he wanted yep. to he wanted to fight everybody. <laughs> but I had um, Turbo with three points. I had Garrick with two, and Schuster for one. I just changed it, but uh, yes, I agree with you, Barney. But if you want to put Schuster two, that's fine too. Either way, your boys, you can choose Schuster two or Garrick two. I'd I give Schuster two. I'd, I'd Schuster for three, so I'd give him the two. Yeah. Okay. Turbo it's, it's three, terrific. Schuster two, Garrick one. I, I originally did have Garrick two, and I've changed it as we've talked. Uh, Tony Cools, we're just going to have a quick pop plant slap and salute, and then we'll have a quick break yep. and punch through the uh, 
Not just yet. We'll keep going for now, Tone. Just uh, five Settle minutes. Settle down, we'll, mate. We'll get, we'll get you to the we'll fridge. Get, we'll get you another beer. We'll get you to the fridge. All right, pot plants, boys. Uh, I'll go first. Every go single per human being on the field in the Dragons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would rather have spent 80 minutes. I was, we were watching a gardening show. <laughs> watching I thought the ball boy did all right. He was all right. <laughs> right. So they can all have it, Barney. Yeah, Wonga Blake. Um, six oh, six runs for 59 metres, one offload, which isn't the worst, but 15 tackles, six missed tackles, and an error that led directly to points and he hasn't been credited for how many times he disrupted that defence like yeah, there, there's yeah. not a stat there for how many times he was out of fucking position and they just waltzed through the holes that he left in between him and his uh, and Arthur or him and his winger so mm. yep yeah. go ahead turn Ollie. that racket off um <laughs> I'll say I'll say the faders. So not the Raiders. I'll say the Raiders in the second half. Went into the sheds at halftime. Looked like footy players came out and there was a bunch of pot plants. (laughs) 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 They replaced them. (laughs) Uh, I'll go across coast to the AFL. There was someone who sent a DM to Tia Miles. Uh, Plays for Hawthorne, got dropped. Plays in the local footy league. He went off concussed and supposedly it cost him the game and someone thought that was uh, an invitation to slip into his DMs and abuse him for costing him his multi. Yeah. Which is... I I wouldn't pot... I'd pot plant, slap, I'd boot. Highest form of uh, peanutism. Speaking of which, you got a peanut for us? I do have a peanut and it's cross... Podcast deal, if you Ooh, if oh you wow, will. Okay. Um, so there's Don't a bit mention. of a story to this one. I'm not going to mention the podcast or any <laughs> names. I actually still I like this bloke. I think he's a a, a solid human yeah, being. But um, a person from a certain other podcast, and the podcast has been mentioned before on here. So I'll let you guys work that out. Um, commented on a post by Clarkie's column. Clarkie's an old friend. Actually helped me out a lot when I first got into stuff here. Um, shout out to him as well. He's just had a his first child, a, a lovely baby girl. Um, pretty much uploading that Penner for the first team in the NRL era to win 10 games in a row. Now, this person from this other podcast commented, Roosters did it in 1996. And I thought, hmm, 1996 is before 1998. I'm just going to pop in and say, hey... 96 is pre-NRL era. This person replies, rugby league is rugby league. I was like, that's fine. But he did specify the record is for the NRL era. This person then goes into my DMs and he says, you back on the Clarkie train, lol. And I said, no, just addressing the comment. The NRL era began in 1998. Therefore, he's correct in saying that is the record, which is true. This person then goes on to suggest I possibly have an agenda and that I'm on the Clarkie train and starts talking about how crap Clarkie's page is and that he doesn't post anything right. I'm, I was literally just saying the NRL era started in 1998. You're bringing up something that happened before then. Sometimes you've just got to admit you're wrong. Something as simple as that. I respect someone who admits they're wrong before they start going off on tangents and starts chatting absolute shit like that. Because at the end of the day, NRL era began 98. They specified that in the post. Shouldn't matter. All right. Well, the politics of uh, footy podcast <laughs> live on air right here. Our salute and slap of the week. So we'll go salutes first. Johnny, you can lead off. Do you have a slap of the week? Uh, I mentioned earlier Haley Mlukey, the debutante oh, for the Cowboys. It's gone the salute. Oh, salute. Oh, we're going to go slaps first. Don't you? Slap. Fox slap Sports. James Hooper, Paul Kent last night, NRL 360. Professionals, these are paid. Don't be children. Nice. Slap. I am going to slap. Every Bulldogs player that's not Luke Thompson, just because they're an easy, an easy slap. That's such I, a cop out. We I, should ban I, it. Well, I've po- no, well, we've pop pla- we pop planted them plenty of times before, but I don't well, think they've actually been slapped. Maybe okay. a slap no, will. Fine. Set my 
<laughs> Braden Musgrove. Um, I know he's only a young kid on the wing for the Knights, but he had a pretty bad game, and he, maybe a slap might snap him out of it. Eight runs for 87 metres, two tackle busts, but yeah, zero tackles made, four missed, and two errors. I think he led to about three different tries on that side of the field. So, my slap is for the Brisbane recruitment crew uh, uh, and retention policy to let Reese Walsh and Sam Walker both go in the space of a year. Good for you. Uh, well done, Brisbane. And we'll finish on a positive, as we like to do, uh, with our salutes. I, I may as well lead away. My salute is for Mr. Fodawaker, Mr. Mo Fodawaker. <laughs> oh, that's wrong one. The wrong one, Mr. Anyway, Fodawaker. That's all right, we'll play at the end. Mr. Mo uh, do you have one? I do. Reese Walsh um, is just growing into, into the game. He's such a young kid. Pretty much every time he touches the ball, the alarm bells go off and he... He's not just doing it for himself either. He's setting up these outside man. He's he, yeah, he looks like a superstar in waiting. Ollie, salute to George Williams. I hope you're doing okay, mate. Um, going back to England, I hope you have an amazing life over there. Tear it up in Super League with Wigan, and I hope for the um, the safe arrival of your young baby. Of course, his wife's pregnant, and that's one of the big reasons why he's heading back over there. Not because he's trying to do Canberra dirty. So I wish him the best of luck. Now is he allowed to fly pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> No, he's got to catch a boat. No, oh, okay. That's right. Uh, yeah, try. Hey, Loon Lukey, debutant Cowboys. That was cool. He started crying as well in front, and so he should. He, uh, try on to boo. By all means, he deserved his crack in first grade. And Someone probably called him soft <laughs> in the comments. Uh, so that wraps up the review part of our show. We're going to have a quick break and be back with the preview show in about five minutes' time. Mr. Potter Wicker, Mr. Mole Potter Wicker. Mr. Potter Wicker, Mr. Mo Potter Wicker. 